0: That wizard came from the moon. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers the toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, we kick off 2020 with our best laid plans for the new year and talk about some of those big titles we'll be looking forward to. Dan got a new job as a courier in Death Stranding on behalf of Hideo Kojima, and Andy finally picked up the switcher. Finally, this is the year. Our first legal grows will be kicking off in a few months, and we get prepared for the Summer of Bud. We'll also be settling in for a smoke sesh, so stick around for that, because it's going to be a good, good time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me as always, the one, the only... The Dankest of the Dank, Dank Dan.
1: Andy, I'm detecting some trans-dimensional quasi-necrotic energy signatures off the Port bow, and I think you know what that means. It's Kojima time.
0: Kojima is here. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Happy New Year to you.
1: Happy New Year to you. We're we're a grip into January, aren't we? Well, that's
0: true. It's that part of the new year where uh, it's no longer acceptable to say Happy New Year, Mm. and by the time this podcast airs, it'll probably be even less acceptable. That's right. So um, I'm feeling a little insecure about what we just started off with.
1: I'm also feeling very... Very vulnerable about what's happening. You know, we're at the point where we could just say we're old enough. We had a fifteen day hangover. Like we're <laughs> we're a serious couple of uh, partiers. Yeah, we like to rage. That's it. We
0: raged hard uh, right into the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those resolutions went out the window in a hurry. Yeah, and now we're in mid-January feeling a lot worse. I feel good about January. Yeah, I feel good about twenty twenty. It it's gonna be a good one. Twenty twenty, clear sight, clear sight. Mm-hmm. I also drank almost nothing on New Year's.
1: Really, almost nothing. Yeah, I had like a like a toasted with a little veuve Clicquot. A little something, a little something. A little veuve. Uh I rolled into the CN Tower only to find that uh, their beverages were $25 a serving. What? I ordered four beverages, right, for uh, me and my accompaniment. And the guy's like, oh, okay, that'll be $120. I'm like, no, no, just four. He's like, that's correct. I'm like. How do I feel like the dick at this
0: point? You know what I mean? Listen, man, has the CN Tower recently been converted into a gentleman's club? Because that is so serious gangster cocktail. I
1: think on the deck we were on at that point, it's like you're officially uh, in aviation prices. You know, sure. what I mean? it's as if you were in the air where drink, drinks are scarce. And I, I get it. The ice is in the basement. Sure. The drinks are on the top floor. There's it's labor intensive.
0: Yeah. 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 Hey, th-
1: could you get me uh,
0: some saltines with my beverage? Mm-hmm. Um, sir, those are on the first floor. Yeah, I heard you. Yeah.
1: We're just going to have to sign a loan document just to make that happen. (laughs) Uh, It's great. It's great.
0: Um, How irritating would it be to, like, make the trek up to the top of the CN Tower every day for your job?
1: Like, I feel like your ears would pop every day multiple times and who wants that stress on your ears it's like a whole song and dance when you get on the elevator the elevator girl has time to like give off her spiel which is a mixture of like Toronto facts and like her own color commentary right like we're about to go up to the uh, you know 50 second story which is the equivalent of 50 mountain goats days of work <laughs> you don't have to gender the elevator attendant dance. no she was a girl that's what I'm saying I was there I was staying there she was now I didn't get her pronouns so I see she could have di- been a, a they those. Did you book a pronoun, Dan? Because if you didn't,
0: mm. I like, OK, this is 2020, man. It's not 2019 anymore. Do was- you know
1: how we promised each other we were going to be a saleable, fungible, supportable podcast. And then we got into gender politics in the opening. I feel like for myself, you know what I hear about the CN Tower, Dan? Tell me. I hear that the CN Tower looks like a giant joint. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. It, so what I,
0: were you doing there on New Year's?
1: Well, they, it's funny. We keep going to these parties. Last year, we went to the Royal Ontario Museum, and that was very cool. There was dinosaur bones and a dance floor and stuff. On New Year's? On New Year's, yeah. They do like a gala, right? So I have a couple uh, rules about events I go to. Number sure. one, I am not going to stand in line to get in.
0: That's why you went to... The museum
1: on New Year. Well, it's like a gala. It's like a party, I'm right? I'm sorry.
0: Excuse me. The museum gala. Dinosaur blows right, So all. I just walk right in. There's no line. I, I, I'm sure I'm, there wasn't. If
1: you're going to go out on New Year's, you're going to stand in some lines unless you've Go to the museum. It's a party that happens <laughs> party. every year. Oh, my.
0: And over here, we have the uh, Homo erectus. And uh, feel free to grab a cocktail hey, listen, from listen. I get to show some of
1: my Homo erectus, that's a good New Year's. You know uh, what I'm saying? Jeez. You and me both, pal. Um, No, it is great. Uh, the disappointment there was they're like three course dinner and then we get there and it's like a buffet that in- includes like Fritos like but they had like they'd <laughs> pimped them up like they were this delicacy it's the museum, like, in a paper bag like their paper bag artisanally presented on a tray and I'm like you lied to us you lied to me and you lied to everyone See, and Tower is great because we're looking over the city it's beautiful it's romantic I can smooch my my sweet sweet lady over the city but then the libations are $25. Yeah,
0: well, that's the kicker. Listen, if you invite even just your neighbor over to your house for a three-course dinner and Fritos are involved at all, mm. there's a flag on that plate.
1: You know what? It makes the party either the best party ever right. or total bullshit, right? It, well, there's no Once Fritos are introduced, you're at one end of the spectrum or the other. So let's be clear. You can't introduce Fritos unless there's a bong. Mm.
0: can we agree mm-hmm. if there's a bong Fritos are free, Fritos are
1: fair game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I get you at least a beer bong like there needs to be something no man <laughs> To go, Welcome to my dinner party. Please enjoy this Would the lady care for a bong? <laughs> a beer bong? A beer bong. Would you like to slide this cafeteria tray down this hill? Yeah, yeah you do. Oh. Uh, so something wild happened to me at the CN Tower. Oh. I withdrew some additional funds from a nondescript, non-bank ATM mm. to pay for these Illustrious drinks. Mm -hmm. And as I went forward, striding manfully into the night, little did I know that criminals had skimmed my debit card and were hitting every single ATM on the way to uh, the Kortha Downs, which Uh is a a, a gambling establishment. They cleaned me right out and had a huge night. So the next morning, I wake up, I look at my phone, I'm like, I don't remember spending six grand. (laughs) I call my buddy up. I was like, I think we had a pretty tame night. He's like, I don't know, man. Who knows? So uh, I call the fraud department and report it. I am so happy for two things. Number one, Uber. Number two, our sweet, sweet non-sponsorship friend, Domino's. Because I took an Uber home at the end of the night. Domino's, the hottest crush you can get this south of the border. Uh, It's soft and it's ready for you to eat. Come in for our 10 for 10 special. for Domino's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I Um, miss my English on all of those things.
1: I like how... They named their pizza place after like a a very strong pastime, probably 80 years ago. And it like slowly fell out of favor. Have you ever actually played Domino's? Uh, I
0: had this conversation with my wife the other day. Upsetting. I asked her if she had played Domino's. She said, no. And no. I said, well, you wouldn't understand. But I, in fact, have never played Domino's.
1: No. I, and I never, like, for the longest time, I didn't even know there was a game associated with them. I'm like, here's a neat thing. So anyway, long story short, the way that I proved to the fraud department that I wasn't heading into t- t- Etobicoke, draining every ATM of its funds, was the fact that I had a, uh, an Uber trip uptown, and then I physically showed up and picked up a pizza. <laughs> Listen, man, there's a, time that, uh, there's a time that the Munchies saved your whole bank account. I have such a great argument. Argument to pick up pizza at the end of the night. Buddy,
0: 100%. Listen, uh, I know Atkins that we're not doing this thing right now, but I have to protect myself from fraud. Every time. It's I, just
1: a sound financial decision. And that's why when I, I look at my my pizza purveyor, I say, see this face? Remember this fucking face. You see me? Look at my eyes. <laughs> I was here. I was here. I was here.
0: Yeah, hey, um, Mr. Domino's employee, would you mind just rolling the tape? Just maybe flip over the security footage of yeah. me coming in and yes smearing sauce all over the countertop and rubbing my naked nipples on your face. Also, yeah, picking
1: up the pizza. It's like, I don't know why that guy always shows me his nipples. I'm like, for remembrance' sake, you're going to remember the nipple guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm glad you got your money back,
0: Dan. All 6K, all 6Gs. And if you mm-hmm. ever wondered what Dan was worth, Six grand. Let me give you
1: some <laughs> tips out there. That was the limit that I could take out. Thanks for blasting in my ass. Thanks for blowing me up. <laughs> hey. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my CFRAXRB investments have really left me calf strapped. Uh, <laughs> I'm not very liquid right now. <laughs> so, uh, I, I was talking to my bank, and uh, the youngest of humans is on the other end. I've been defrauded before, and I was talking to a more senior person that could have been a librarian or an accountant felt good about it. But this girl was like, hi, um, my name is Elaine. And um, I'm going to be handling your claim today. And I was like, oh, I'm dead. This isn't happening. Like, I'm out of luck. Listen, dude. Elaine could be a
0: really competent individual. Could be dope you judgmental. I, it's true. Just- Human garbage. I
1: really should have given her some slack. And proof is in the pudding. I got my pudding back. Yeah. And it was chocolate. Well, so teach any- you. Teach you. Right. So she she's asking some questions that are clearly gotcha questions. She's like, okay, okay, okay. Did you, like, give your ATM card and password to anyone? And I'm like, trick question. No. It's good, like, good, 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 I good, mean, Dan, good.
0: just to be clear, just in case Elaine's listening, I totally know your password. <laughs> remember that time i picked up pizza on your behalf
1: Shh. i've changed it since then andy it's a different password now oh it's a different password um and you're admitting to fraud too boom you're going down oh, we're both going down we are going down so anyway and then she's like okay okay great 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 um did you write it on the card maybe and i'm like that's a no she's Like, okay super great um is it possible that maybe it's like a really easy to guess thing? I was like, cool. Do you want to try and guess it? Is it one, two, three, four? Mm, I thought it was a, (laughs) damn it. Got it in one. (laughs) Oh, you gotta ask, you
0: gotta ask yourself how many times do they get a gotcha out of those questions? Like probably way more
1: than you would expect. Oh, I actually was anticipating this. I was talking to one of my coworkers. He's like, yeah, that happened to my mom. And, uh, she wrote the, the number on the back of the card. She thought that was a good idea. So she told him that and she was just sunk out of luck. Yeah, her six grand right out the window. Boom. Bye bye, Bosco. Anyway,
0: anyway. Well, I'm glad you got your funds
1: back, man. I'm so glad.
0: Yeah, I spent New Year's doing not a whole lot. Right. Um, had a little Granddaddy Purple at the end of the night, so that's notable. Oh, GDP. Yeah, that's podcast appropriate, right? Yeah. That's 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 relevant and that's and on, ter- yeah,
1: that's on brand. That's it.
0: I guess so. Um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, 48 North up here is growing some really sweet GDP. Um, really enjoying their uh, pre-rolls because they come in a neat format, Dan. Have you ever had a 0.3 gram pre-roll?
1: Sounds like the small to medium-sized pre-roll. It's
0: a small pre-roll. So right. let me let me give you the lowdown here. You've got 0.3, 0.5, and 1 gram pre-rolls one gram that are available. Monster. Yeah, that are available in the Canadian market right now. Right. and. I got to be honest with you, 0.3 wins by a country mile. Because yeah. if you've got a one gram pre-roll. That's a 10-man joint. Well, it's not a 10-man joint, but it's like a four-person okay, joint. Two guys, three ladies, and a partridge in
1: a pair. Fair point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, I think it's about right. Um, It's just you're going to ash that thing. If it's just you and a buddy or something like that, you're probably not going to smoke the full gram unless you're going deep on a night. Right, right, right. right. A half gram joint, you and another person, you're going to smoke most of it, but you're going to probably ash out the last quarter of the joint, maybe a little bit more, mm. just because, you know, you've both had more than you needed. Mm. A point three joint is perfect. You can smoke it personal for like a nice, you know, elongated session, mm. or you can split it with a person and pretty much have the perfect dose for me anyway. So those 0.3 joints have been clutch. And what's great is... You get three in this little box. I think, you know, by the time you buy it, it's 18 or $20 or something like that. Right. You get, like, three distinct smoke sessions out. So like meter out nicely. They're nice, like, you know, good size. Not too much paper on these guys. Nice, thin paper. So, you know, you're not tasting that, oh,
1: that acrid paper taste. Ugh. Oh. So, like, essentially, uh, the point three is a story mission co-op optional. Correct. Pouch co-op. Well played. Thank you. Well played. That's right.
0: Yeah, you know, I had um I had a disappointing pre-roll, actually. I think it was... um. And, like, it's really great bud, so I'm not putting them on blast. But Quest, I think, um, had put out, oh, is it a strawberry haze? I'm not quite sure what the, I can't remember the name. Maybe it was actually their wedding cake pre-roll. But actually, I found the paper really thick. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm burning this. This uh, and it was like a twenty-four or twenty-six dollar one-gram joint. So this is not a. This is not yeah. inexpensive. No, I mean the bud is very premium. You know, grown in BC, really beautiful. I actually, cut one of them open just to scoop the butt out after uh, I had smoked it with the paper on and the paper just did not do it. But the bud was really nice, really fragrant, really beautiful. But yeah, man, you just the wrong paper on a joint can really mess with your day. You know what I mean? So why would you use a thick paper? Is it to like maintain the structure of one of these big bad boys? That's a good question. I mean, generally speaking, I've never heard someone articulate, hey man, I want a thick paper. You know, <laughs> Like generally speaking, you don't want a thick paper. You want a nice very thin paper that's going to burn evenly. I imagine if you've got a thicker one, it'll burn down more slowly and more evenly in the similar way to if you had a blunt wrap or something like that. Obviously not to the same level of thickness. But, um, but yeah, I mean, from, from a joint perspective, I want it as thin as it can go because I just – I don't want to taste any paper. Mm. And also you get just like a lot more smoke going on. There's yep. like black – as the flames kind of lick up the joint. Not not my
1: scene. I think a thicker paper burns more easily. Evenly, not just easily. Yeah, that's what I mean. Burns yeah. down
0: a little bit more slowly, less likely to canoe. You're probably right about that. Yeah. But the flavor sacrifice is just not one I'm willing to take. Paper. Right. But yeah, 48 North actually has been putting down some really hot uh, pre-rolls recently and admittedly I'm, I'm i'm smoking a lot of pre-rolls because traveling a lot not a lot of time to like roll you know and and just in general it's so easy to pick up and i was really floored because 48 north recently put out a strain called franco's lemon cheese have you have you uh, are you familiar with the strain hunters dan strain hunters yeah so Uh, The Strain Hunters is a documentary series that kicked off, I think, in the mid-2000s. Right. Um, And it originates uh, in Amsterdam. So, you recall, I've probably told you before, every time I go to Amsterdam, generally, I spend some time at the Greenhouse. Mm. Yeah. So, the Greenhouse is one of my favorite coffee shops in Amsterdam, and they also have a rich history of um, being a seed supplier. So Greenhouse Seeds is a very popular seed supplier. They have great genetics. And frankly, the reason is they, you know, these folks have been traveling the world sourcing seeds for, I don't know, 25 plus years. Doing right? God's work. Doing God's work, man. And so the series that they had uh, was Strain Hunters. And um, uh, the uh, owner of Greenhouse Seeds is Aryan and then uh, Franco is one of the, the men on the on the show, one of the gentlemen on the show. Um, and actually, Franco passed away about a year and a half ago. Oh, he contracted cerebral malaria hunting oh. down strains. Oh my word! Yeah. Like in the deep, deep jungle. I'm sorry, I don't remember where. I
1: th- it was in Philadelphia,
0: wasn't it? <laughs> it wasn't in Philadelphia. Um, no, it was. Uh, it was. I'm. I'm sorry, it's escaping me. But really tragic. Really, yeah. you know, really tragic day for the cannabis community. Franco is like probably the most passionate person I've ever watched, you know, um, talk about cannabis and look at the plant. You know, these guys are going to remote regions of the world Mm. and sourcing beautiful cannabis and finding it growing in places like Malawi and St. Vincent de Paul and just all these really neat spots. Right. Mm. So, um, 48 North has actually done like a tribute to Franco called Franco's lemon cheese. Right. And I had the privilege of smoking one of those joints in uh, Vancouver this past weekend. And dude, what a beautiful! It's just a beautiful strain, just a mm. nice mellow sativa, very upbeat. Like sent me into dinner. It was right before dinner, like with a great tune on, um, and yeah, just kind of is a felt like pouring one out for franco
1: it's a remembrance joint which That's is a it. new one by me i'm interested i like the cheese strains and i find they're a little bit more scarce and they kind of stand on their own they're they're sort of a special direction the botany has taken inside of strains just like a delicious kind of savory world that it's crafted itself yeah
0: it's a great flavor profile this one was a little bit more citrusy than cheesy to be oh, honest okay. Okay. yeah it had like i mean you know we uh it was in rotation with like two other joints so uh, you know admittedly <laughs> admittedly the, yeah blown up well the flavor notes weren't as clear as they perhaps right. were if i was smoking it in isolation but what i did get was quite citrusy a lot of that limonene on the on the on the, on the nose yeah right um but really enjoyed it it was uh it was a wonderful one so my recommendation you and I should try to chow down on some Franco's
1: lemon cheese in the near future. Ooh, amazing. And I'd like to enjoy it in the form of one of those man of leisure pre-rolls you've been serving up to yourself. <laughs> man of leisure pre-rolls. That's it, buddy. That's me. That's my middle name. I'm not doing any of the weed work, okay? I'm not chopping. it. I'm not grinding. And I'm rolling. it. You know what I'm doing? I'm smoking the granddaddy. <laughs> that's a man who's uh, raised to a certain level. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Pre-rolls only. Are you calling me bourgeois? Never. Oh, well, let's... Just like an entitled like, uh, like person that you don't want to be near. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for editing yourself
0: there, Dan. I really thank you really feel like your uh, your feelings really didn't come through on that one. PG PG PG. <laughs> Keeping it parental guidance. Guidance <laughs> guidance. For French for shut up, Dan. That's enough. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, but what was great is uh, so I came back from BC and actually I met up um, at at this dinner with uh, a really well known grower. Won't you know drop that name, but um, really interesting fella. Yeah. Uh who chap well listen, I I'm really interested in the science of growing cannabis. I do not have any experience growing. Mm. Never done it before. This is the first year I'm planning on doing it. Mm. Um, but obviously, you know, when you, when you connect with someone who's been growing for 25 plus years and who's, you know, obviously very good at it, um, you're going to just start picking, picking them apart with some of those newbie questions. Like, right. Well, like, uh, you know, should I uh, get a grow tent or, you know, maybe do it outside in the spring? And, you know, God bless them super accessible to talk to did yeah. not make me feel like a dork for not knowing my shit right yeah uh and so it was great we had a great conversation and after the fact he actually hooked me up with some nug that he had picked up or that he sorry he had grown himself
1: um and dude just the
0: loudest nug i've ever
1: had so you are actually handed a nug just because i'm gonna i'm gonna say it on your behalf by somebody who's like a very big wheel in the strain development side of the business. Like, this guy, without dropping the name, is, is a big deal. He handed you off a nug. Handed me a nug. If I remember the story correctly, you then promptly got on a plane.
0: <laughs> it was Canada, so weed is legal. I caught a 6 a.m. flight. Yes. Right? So, nice nice and early in the morning. I had thrown it in my bag without thinking about it. Yeah. And I get on my WestJet flight, and I you know, put on my headphones, and I get ready to snooze out. I'm just like... And I see. I notice people around me just doing the a little sniff test, the little air test, test the little sniff little, test, like a
1: sneaky snake This is the a air.
0: Five a cinco five hour mm, plane ride. The five five hours six a.m. The, the red eye. The, yeah, this. This bud was so loud. Like, I could smell it halfway up the plane.
1: Now, was it in the... Was it in the hold or was it in your carry-on? No, no, it was in the, I'd like, like it better if it was in, in baggage. sure.
0: But the, to be honest, everyone knew it was mine because it's in my bag at my feet, right? Mm. And so the entire back of the plane completely coated in dank, nug smell. Mm. I went to the middle of the plane to use the facilities. Mm-hmm. Still smelled like weed. Mm. So... Um, <laughs> A pretty incredible time. But like what was worse is there was an ice storm going on. Okay. And so we're flying through the air, major turbulence. And mm-hmm. the woman two seats over from me is suffering from some serious motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Like she asked for the gravel. She requested, Ooh. may I please have some gravel? And I feel bad because in my heart, I know that the weed stench
1: did not, <laughs> did not help her out did much. Did she survey the plane for gravel? Like she made it known. No, no, ask the
0: flight attendant. Yeah. Does
1: the flight attendant, she she packing gravel? They're all packing gravel. And is there a cost nope. associated? They'll just hit you with that. Dude, they do not want you to barf everywhere. Because they're not committed on the no-vomit comment. They
0: really do not want vomit on that plane. You know what I'm hearing?
1: I can get a free gravel every plane That's trip. That's right, Complimentary, pal. Complimentary champagne, gravel. Champagne,
0: blanket, gravel. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sir. Are you not going to have that right now? No, no, I'm saving it for later. That's my oh, after-dinner gravel. Oh, I see. Well, here's three more. And I'd like you to take them all. Right, right in now. front of me. Just <laughs> right, right down now. the hatch. Down the hatch, Dan.
1: Just slowly turn into just a, a lump of human.
0: Yeah. I don't know what happens if you overdose on gravel. It's not good, though. Well, you, you go to sleep, my dude. Like, no, I, man. There's definitely a level to which you either get violently ill or die. Oh, 100%. Yeah,
1: there's a danger level on everything. Can you take too much gravel? Yes. You can take too much lemonade, my dude. But you can't have too much weed. Boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. boom. Yeah, factual, I believe. It is, yeah. No, there's the LD50, which is the lethal dose that'll kill... Fifty percent of the population of weed is measured in like pounds. Like uh, you'd have to smoke uh, forty-five or fifty pounds. It's huge. Uh, you know, come to podcasts for accurate numbers, but it's it's insurmountable. You are smoked out long before. You know, we have a canary in the coal mine. His name is Snoop Dogg. As long as he's still kicking, we're all in the safe. Oh in the safe man. Zone. <laughs> he, that man. You know, uh,
0: reportedly smokes eighty blunts a day too many blunts have you ever done the math on 80 blunts a day Dan no admittedly the man smokes big blunts so maybe he's you know averaging it out one backwoods to a Snoop Dogg joint is maybe like five or six fine and dandy yeah
1: that's still like st. Choice an hour of waking hours essentially it's
0: a long
1: hard stretch of smoking a joint Mm -hmm. every eight minutes you know what he's gotta love it because at that point it's feels like a job. Like if someone's like, "Hey, do you want to be Snoop Dog?" I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds pretty good." You're like you're gonna be, be quite famous, wealthy, um, but you do have to smoke eighty joints a day. I was like, "That's a pass." That's that's. I don't think I'll survive. I think you know I'll have to. I think I, it just it just doesn't make sense. Now there is a couple things that uh, are obvious about Snoop. Uh, I saw a clip of him. He's at a concert backstage. He's like just starting up this joint, gets a really good pull off it, and then you see him start to hand it to someone off frame. And you kind of see the edge of his shoulder and the camera goes over and it's a cop. And the cop like kind of shrugs, takes the joint and and hits it. Because I think (laughs) it's like a a legal precedent that if Snoop passes you a joint, you have to hit that shit.
0: That's it, man. I mean, Snoop was on Twitch like. This was a while ago. I don't know if you remember this. I can't remember the name of the game that he was playing. He was demoing a game randomly on a Twitch feed. I yeah, don't know if he was paid I to do this. so, whatever this. the scenario was. But the dude's like hitting blunts on Twitch, you know? I don't think that you can do it's that not on allowed. Twitch. No, not it's not allowed. A to do that. It's at least no in the gray up.
1: area, you're not allowed to, to
0: do anything illegal. Is Dan, the... You and me? Yeah. We are not hitting blunts on
1: Twitch no. without getting the lag. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? someone's gonna lo- look long and hard until they're like, "Oh, Canadians." By the way, you can be doing almost anything, and then they're like, "Oh, they're they're Canadians." There's there's a my friend was down in the U.S. and her dad uh, sees this nuclear power plant, and it's like right by the water, <laughs> and he gets out and starts filming it, and the state trooper immediately pulls over. He's like, Hi, hey, hey there, mister. Uh you can't be filming that. That's not allowed. I'm gonna need to see some credentials. What are y'all doing here? And he's like, Oh, I'm just visiting here uh from Canada. He's like, Oh, just a bunch of Canadians. All right, get on. Get.
0: <laughs> well, isn't that nice? Uh, my experience with uh, law enforcement in the southern United States has not been quite so not mm. been quite so warm and fuzzy, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. despite my Canadian heritage. But Well you uh, should
1: respect our boys in blue.
0: Uh well, they're, it's <laughs> technically their boys in blue, but I respect them nonetheless. Good point. Good yeah, point. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of boys in blue. Yes. Nope. Got nothing, no, there. nothing there. It <laughs> is 2020 though. And I did want to bring something up, Dan. Yeah. Have you been, uh, you just want to take a peek over here? Want to see this? Ooh. See that? What happened? That was a one way ticket to the gun show. Oh, oh yeah. Hmm. You're looking good <laughs> it's been like approximately five minutes uh, how many workouts have you done yeah, two right been a couple there's been a couple all there's right couple it takes
1: about a week for you to notice it about three weeks for other people to notice it Yeah, that's it but yeah yeah that's yeah, it. yeah uh, but you know what you do you look more confident thank you you smell great thank you i have you. to say winning personality that's I, new you know what that's, that's very that's new <laughs>
0: I appreciate uh, your candidness and Mm -hmm. and noticing the little little things. It's 2020, Dan. It is. Yes, I've gotten um, myself back into the gym as many other other wonderful people have. I wanted to ask you, though, what's
1: your experience with cannabis and, and, and exercising? I have a very specific system. And it's from trial and error. I used to blaze at home because it felt safe. Uh, Cannabis was in like a semi-legal situation. sure. And so I'd smoke at home and then try to get to the gym. What I noticed is it would take me, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, several hours to get in the gym. And (laughs) it would modify my carry-on luggage to the gym. Like suddenly I'm like, I need an extra pair of socks maybe two extra though because somebody might else else might need socks i'm like what's my <laughs> snack situation i need i definitely need a couple extra bars and not only do i have bars for myself i've got 10 supplementary bar bars because you need enough to share and you know like it takes me i so long to get there it gets intense so, <laughs> i think like that
0: there's an emphasis on sharing for you that's oh man great. yeah you know just a little weed and all of a sudden you turn yourself into mother teresa what i don't want to be
1: caught flat-footed in no. terms of
0: nutrient bars that's it man you don't want someone calling you out like well, you did bring any for the rest of us.
1: That's right. I'm Born. like, oh, you do look peckish. I'm feeling very guilty right yeah, now. Yeah, how
0: about you split that NutriGrain? Here's the real motivation you don't want to be splitting your NutriGrain bar with no one. No, that's you right. Are nicely an toasted,
1: and you want that full NutriGrain experience. So, uh, modified plan. Now I smoke in the parking garage. Yeah. That is, that's the situation. And uh, I used to just only do um, like a light indica, something on the low THC, because I was kind of thinking I want to be in my body, but not totally unconscious. What I'm, What I find is no matter what I smoke, as soon as I get into my cardio, it just, my physiology takes care of the rest. Do you know what I mean? If I were to like sit for a while right after blazing like a deep, deep indica, then maybe I'd be in trouble but then I get moving and it, it is a great workout I get really focused and in the space that refreshes me about being in the gym which oh, is like a little nice
0: bit meditative
1: how about yourself very
0: cool yeah you know what man I haven't um I haven't mixed exercise and cannabis since like high school right right it's just not been a thing for me um to go to either a gym or work out at home mm. and mix cannabis I've always just I don't know I, I guess I have this uncomfortable thought that it's going to in some way make it extremely arduous to get through yeah um so it's good to know that that's not the case because I was actually googling a little bit Bit earlier um some of the 10 best strains per high times mm. 10 best strains to uh to help with your workout and there's not a lot of surprises in here you know a lot of um a lot of indica dominant uh hybrids and pure indica strains like there's some sour cheese in here Green, right, green so crackers in the mix. Super Lemon Haze is in there too. Yeah. I mean that that's uh, Girl, that's an Girl obvious Scout one. GSC
1: Cookies is on the mix. Uh, I don't know if
0: GSC was in here. Orange Diesel, Orange Diesel, diesel is in there.
1: Diesel. You know, one thing about Orange Diesel is um, Diesel. <laughs> Diesel? You sound like a European guy asking if your jeans are brand name. Are they diesel, bro? Are they diesel? Are they diesel? Oste they diesel? You know, orange diesel. <laughs> I did diesel. It again. Diesel. Say conservative. Conservative. There you go. Conservative. No, conservative. Conservative. <laughs> Zed's everywhere, dude.
0: Zed's all, all over the Getting out there. Um, you know, uh, so orange diesel. Mm. I really wanted to do it orange. again. <laughs> orange diesel. Diesel. Uh, yeah. Um, Is often applied for folks who are dealing with ADD or ADHD. Mm. Um, Again, self prescribed, self medicated. We are not doctors on this podcast. I have no idea what means to address those conditions. However, um, I like the idea of a strain that helps me focus. Yes. Because that is one of the things that I feel like um, I could use the most help on, especially Mm. if you're like lifting weights. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: Just keeping that form together is kind of challenging sometimes. You got a lot of limbs. I don't wanna sound like (laughs) a a, a serious muscle bro, but you really wanna think about your muscles as you're working them out and give it that extra squeeze to target that area. It does make a difference. Sure. Probably, that's what uh, Arnold tells me. Yes. And I don't know about you, Arnold could tell me anything and I'd do it. He could walk up to me in the mall and go, listen, they're trying to kill you. You need to kidnap that guy. I'm already tying him up. I'm like, whatever you say, Arnold. Over the back, he's in the back boot of my car. The
0: boot. The boot. I the, like that you uh, you went both British and I like that you also have an affinity for listening to anything
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger has a, to say. Any, anything. He's yeah, never, blind he, faith in that man. He's never steered me wrong temporally. Sure. Uh, workout-wise, right. uh, pro-cigar-wise. He's a cigar aficionado? He is. He's like He's got the most cigar aficionado covers, and he's got this great clip where he's like, see Marie, my wife, she uh, doesn't like that I smoke cigars, but her father smokes cigars, which means I get to smoke whatever I want. And like as he's giving this interview, he's like smoking a cigar. He's just finished The Last Action Hero, possibly like Peak Arnold. It is fantastic. Nice. Can, certainly back to the gym situation. Yes. My advice on that is, as I'm common to give, first couple we- uh, weeks fresh at a gym, you got a little bit of that awkwardness. Sure. Are people looking at me, am I doing this exercise right? Yeah. Give yourself a couple weeks to so get comfortable with the gym. With the equipment, with the folks that are there when you're there, till you're a known quantity. Sure. Once you feel comfortable in your skin, because we've all been there, new gym, you feel like a little bit like a new animal in the jungle, in the old, the old iron jungle. <laughs> but once it feels safe. Start dipping in. I Start think you'll be happy. In. Yeah, Go light. Do yourself a favor. Go
0: light. Yeah, I like that. You know, um, I think that, that makes, uh, makes a ton of sense. Um, and yeah, the, the focus strain, I think, is the thing that I'm most interested in. Uh, there's also, you know, an argument to be made for high CBD strains. Mm. Um, so I think that, uh, again, another strain that High Time uh, recommended um, was Harlequin. Uh, which has got that 75 to 25 uh, CBD to THC mix. Um, so that's cool. Like Getting getting some high, C, high CBD in there makes a ton of sense to me. A little bit. Uh, Ghost Train Haze 2. You know, Ghost Train Haze. Um, is that the sequel to Ghost Train Haze? Well... Ghost Train Haze 2? Yeah, it's just... Honestly, their opinion about using Ghost Train Haze is just that it's an extremely high, very potent THC... Heavy strain. So, I don't really get the reasoning there other than being so blasted you can blast past your upper limits of muscle fatigue. I have no idea. It's because every list needs 10 items. You can't have a nine item. It just seems like your phone again. Like, yeah, you also use the Ghost Train because it's usually pretty high THC.
1: I I just (laughs) want to drop that name, Ghost Train. Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and then like the rest of these look like they're going for the uplifting euphoric effect. uh, Seems, Seems right. Seems right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you want something uplifting. And frankly, many of your sativas are going to get you there. Durban Poison, though. There's one that I likely will not smoke again for <laughs> right. a little while. Last time, I'm sure you remember. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. in a bad way. That was Durban Poison. I don't know. Me and Durban Poison have a checkered history.
1: hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. love- it's, ter-
0: it's broke bad on you
1: before listen
0: everybody has just that one combination of terpenes and cannabinoids that puts you into a weird spot put you
1: in the no-no put space you in the
0: no-no spot shut yeah. it right down durban poison is my achilles heel
1: uh sometime we should review the worst strains on leafly and uh, i gotta try and find this strain uh and i've talked about it on the podcast my buddy eric brought to my house we're having a little gaming session and i hit this this joint and then I felt dizzy and I went down for a knee and it felt like my heart was going to jump out of my chest. I'm like, Eric, Eric, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm dying. And he's like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that happened to me. I think that might be murder weed. And I'm like, you brought the murder weed? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was just me, but confirmed. I'm like, don't bring any, don't bring any weed that's going to lay me low. Listen, if you have a near-death experience leave that in the private stock yeah man come on now you don't want to be bringing that around who knows what was in there you mm-hmm. accidentally mm-hmm. like spilled some cappuccino on that. <laughs> so- I, you know what i think just like if we've had so many strains that have gotten it right we've had some excellent strains surely one of them has got it wrong yeah like sure. when the french went what if we put cheese and chocolate together and then it did not go well and there's like okay, <laughs> hey, cheese and chocolate's not a thing that's not a thing. Yeah. I feel you on that one, man. I mean, you know, I think
0: that there's just... It's so interesting, right? Mm. Because, you know, especially in Canada, sure. um, customers of cannabis up here in the legal market are very fixated on THC percentage, right? right. It's like what's what people are talking about. And obviously, there's so much more to cannabis than just THC percentage. And that unique cocktail of terpenes in any given strain, you got to know that there's going to be cannabis that just doesn't necessarily agree with your endocannabinoid system you know what I mean it's just there's just some cannabis that's just not going to work out for you it's not going to feel right it's going to be uncomfortable whatever it is it's going to do that's why yeah I mean yeah Sometimes, you you know, you you'd go to a place and spend the night smoking joints with strangers and have a great time. Um, and other times it just kind of leads to a weirder spot. So my preference is always to be able to microdose something before I go too deep on any given strain, just to yeah. get a sense for what
1: it's all about. Right. Yeah, you're so right. And like, as lame as it sounds, I know guys that keep weed journals that literally and we're in the perfect time to get you know, 10 different strains. Like if you went went to your, your Nug smith uh, in the uh, gray market and said, I want 10 single grams of everything you have, he's going to roll your eyes at that. But you go to your local dispensary, they're going to make that happen. Local cannabis retail store, Dan. Oh, that's right. TM, TM, TM. See? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to make that happen. And it makes a lot of sense to, at least when you're feeling out, record the strain, record when you smoked and how you felt. Because it's going to help when you go back to that well to smoke, the right strain for the right time that really agrees with you yeah and there's been some research recently a paper came up that actually has discovered some brand new cannabinoids Mm -hmm. uh, inside of cannabis that were previously undiscovered and uh, they're researching them uh, for a number of different purposes uh, now for medical applications and just better understand them so like we're literally still unraveling the cannabis mystery, which is oh, fantastic. Oh, in a big
0: way, dude. Like, I yeah. mean, it feels like what you're describing right now is the conversation every six months. It's like, oh, we just discovered this cab- cannabinoid. Oh, like, this is degrading into CBN. Let's talk about what that does. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a really interesting ongoing conversation and terpenes are interesting too, right? Because yeah. their ability to affect the way that cannabis lands with you yeah. is strange because terpenes aren't, uh, you know, uh, unique to cannabis. Terpenes are in everything that grows and and is alive. Right. So, uh, well, are terpenes in us, Dan? I don't know about <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> they're in me right now for sure. But <laughs> well, my point is, is like, you know, mangoes, for example, mangoes, many folks will say, uh, and it's been, I believe asterisk, uh, this is Googleable, but Scientifically proven, oh, just star asterisk bye bye. Um, <laughs> that mango. I think even, you're legally covered now. You I, can I, say I, anything I, now. Yeah, go ahead. Someone find me a lawyer. Yeah. Um, that if you eat mango while you consume cannabis, because of the terpenes in mango, it'll actually heighten the effect of the THC on
1: yeah, you. Right? Yeah. So this is
0: this is something that I've never personally tried. But mm-hmm. you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum, black pepper, which I have tried, can help temper and mellow and even reduce your high.
1: There's some Correct. interactions there, and it's it's a little bit of a mystery, but I think we're going to learn more of that as it goes on. And I'm just happy that scientists have something new to study that's not a super big bummer, um, like, uh, <laughs> you know, the C word or dementia. And I don't have to read another 10 articles about coffee that's good, bad, and indifferent for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? i to that, buddy. So give them something else. So speaking of uh, unique strains, Dan. Right. It is the
0: year of the grow. Oh. Are you it listening? is the grow year. It's the grow year. Buddy, yeah.
1: The, the H is O, because this is like our first full season that we're going to have to take a shot at growing our own bud in our own backyard. Right? It's it, The the con is on. We're doing this we're thing. We're doing this thing.
0: So um, what I will say is that we could have grown last year. Maybe. I just, you know, I got to get clear on what the deal is. because. Right. You know, I've got I've got some friends who have grown and you know uh, for medical purposes and under the ACMPR program and have some really great genetics, but I'm not clear if it's actually legal for them to give me their genetics or if I have to go to a store and
1: buy seeds. Yeah, I actually don't know either. What the deal is? We need to like, follow up on this question. There is a seed bank in Toronto that I know you can go to and buy. I,
0: you know what? Yeah, but I, that's I, not so. Seeds to be sold in Canada, right. my understanding is, right. have to be sold through a legal retail store. Oh, so you can't just go to a seed bank and buy a thing. But if you're gifted seeds that someone had from a plant, is that a legal way to go about? It? I don't know. I haven't right. yet to
1: look into that. So in the past, yes. allegedly. I've gone to the seed bank with seeds of mine and traded them with seeds of someone else. And I, in my belief, that was legal at the time. Yeah. But I did not consult an attorney, nor am I a legal magister. So I'm not 100%. But we do need to get some seeds. Well, we need to get to the bottom of that question first. because you
0: know I genuinely want to know. I want to grow legal cannabis in my backyard because that's really cool. Yeah. It's Amazing that we live in a country where that can be done now. Yeah. And you're allowed to have up to four plants. Right. And it's interesting, you know, I've been reading about in Michigan, for example, I think uh, you're allowed to grow up to 12. California, I don't know what the rate is, but I know there's actually been, you know, cases of, and I could probably see with 12 plants, cases of someone, you know, in maybe row town housing or a more, you know, close together homes where that, you know, that smell becomes undesirable to neighbors, especially as the plants mature, Mm. right? Four seems like a decent number, you know, for every person, you know, who has the right to, you know, grow in their backyard to do so. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely going to grow my full four. I'm just curious if we're going to see enough seeds come out with enough variety in genetics, especially through the legal channel, to, you know, grow something and pick and choose what we really want. Because I don't want to just grow anything. No. I want to grow something that I'm really excited about, especially because Lord knows how it's going to turn out the first year, but I want to be at least excited about the possible outcome, you know?
1: I'm with you. And I think my approach is, I'm going to go the Neapolitan approach where I grow a couple different strains for a couple different reasons. I want to increase my chances of success. And I think by using different strains, you can cover some of your bases in terms of uh, soil requirements and things like that. I'm going to go the auto flowering route. Are you? Yeah, so I definitely don't need to get, like, a, I will get a female regardless that will grow bud and, and be happy that way. And I'd like to have a, I'd like to have a mixture. Now, there's another route we could go. We could go to two plants, di- or sorry, two different strains, two plants each, and then we can do a little ganja exchange. Oh. That way there's, like, a baseline. We'll do the same things. and then Because I like that. I like the idea of trading nugs with friends where we're totally. all growing something, you know? I think
0: there, yeah, and, yeah, and it's totally, um, I believe, God, we really got to review the law on this thing. It's so, it's so new, right? Yeah. It's like, what's legal to do? Can you do that? Can you, you know, do a, could you do a giant weed swap? That would be cool. I just don't know if it's legal. Anyway, right. but regardless, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We go the- into
1: international waters. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, okay, so here's the weird thing, though. If you buy through the legal channel, I'm not sure if they yet have feminized seeds, right? And for like the layman, if you're growing cannabis, you don't know if you don't have feminized seeds, you have no degree of certainty whether the plants you're growing are male or female. Male plants are not what you want. You want to grow female plants, right? Yeah, if you want to get if you've only got 4 plants you can grow and you accidentally grew all 4 as male, right? Then you're in trouble. Bad now, luck. what most growers who don't have feminized seeds do, is they grow an assortment of plants, and they take a clone or a cutting from each of them, and they put that clone into flowering um, at a really like rapid pace. So they'll they'll shorten the day night cycle to the point where the plant goes into flowering, and that's an indoor situation. No, you can do that outdoor because you take really? well, you take the clippings, yeah. right? You you clone the plant, and, and you leave the, the the plant to grow outside. And then you will, yeah. Sorry, indoor you will you will rapidly induce
1: flowering, and then you'll see if it's a male or a female. You're like Dan. I have the godly power over day and night. <laughs> I choose the orientation of the sun. I'm like this guy's not fucking around. Yeah, man. I'm not
0: kidding. Not joking around. But if you've only got four plants, right. theoretically, you could just end up with all males, and then you're you know you've missed the window you, and you're you can in trouble. Just make some great trousers. Yeah. So the legal channel needs feminized seeds clearly right. because especially. Given the fact that this is a brand new law and brand new ability to grow in your backyard, there's going to be a lot of new growers. And I don't like that's a level of sophistication, the cloning and the, you know, inducing flowering. That's probably beyond most novice growers, including
1: myself. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if our listeners are. Are interested in learning about growing as we go through this year, and I'm thinking a couple things. All that stuff that we're just uh, pulling out of our posteriors right now, we can get the facts on. Yeah, there you go. And then maybe we can have like a growing what's the segment on our show where we talk about our grow, talk about what we're doing, and we can upload some pictures somewhere, like <laughs> Imager, or somewhere. Maybe even we get a website going so people uh, can see where we're at, and if we really want to go deep live ring cam on the the buds yeah. in progress <laughs> live
0: cam on the buds yeah. yeah man well regardless whatever way we're able to legally acquire seeds I'm um, gonna go that route and gonna try it out I'm yeah. definitely gonna get them legally wink Dan you're getting those you're getting those seeds legally I Totally will- legal. I'm gonna I'm gonna audit the hell out of your seed selection, man. Where'd and you get those seeds, Dan? I'm gonna submit
1: me. to your uh, audit uh, explosion. I can't think of a third <laughs> you line. Don't have another sound effect in no. the bag.
0: That's unfortunate. No. Um. Yeah. I, I'm just hoping I can get my hands on some genetics. I'm excited about. Like yeah. you, I want to go the rainbow route. Yeah. would love to grow like four different strains, get a granddaddy purple in there for sure. And everything
1: else was. It increases your chance of failure though. Why would it increase your chance of failure? Uh, Because like, then you can't, uh, tailor your growing strategy for that particular strain. Like, in terms of if you're putting things in the soil or anything you're doing with the plants, obviously you want to grab something that's great for the environment and the temperatures and the soil. And if, if you go with a single strain, you can really tailor that. If you go four different strains, I just feel like you have a better chance of failure. Or maybe I'm totally wrong. I've been wrong before. Yeah. well, Many I mean, times. Almost constantly.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's it makes sense what you're saying. Um I'm sure there are little variances like that in terms of you know what kind of nutrients you would use for a specific strain. Like someone who's very experienced with a one given strain probably has the ability to say, yeah, yeah, you don't want to you know too much potassium on this guy because whatever. Um, in general, I think that the nutrients that you apply to a plant have more to do with the growth stage that it's at than, right. than necessarily the strain. Sure. Also, I will be growing in buckets, right? I'll be growing in containers. I'm not going to go right into that earth because it's mm-hmm. way easier to control it if they're in like you know, pot, potted plants kind of sure, thing. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I feel good. Maybe, you know, I, I thought you meant something about like too many different strains being close to each other, cross pollinating, but for the all vibes, yeah, the, the vibes, bro. You gotta watch the vibes.
1: Hey Andy, we should really start the show. All Dan. Well
0: then, dude, that was, <laughs> that was a pretty, uh, pretty long front half. <laughs> hefty. Hefty, hefty front, front half. Business in the front, business in the back. I'm just excited about things. It's 2020. I feel excited about things. I'm also excited about the Switcher. Okay. Okay. So this is The Witcher that just came out recently. Well, it wasn't recently, about two, three months no. ago for yeah. uh, for Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent some time with it over the holidays, although not as much as I wanted. I- I'll probably like spend some more time with it, share a little bit more impressions, but dude the ability to have what is it like a hundred plus hours for sure there's a lot of game there right if you go courting it well you know the witcher came out quite a long time was it 2014 2013 2014
1: i'm gonna say yes
0: yeah around that time you're not a date guy yeah well witcher 3 Um, but this game has i think is really second only to skyrim in the amount of times that it's been at the very least purchased and then also re-released like this is the game of the year edition with all Mm -hmm. of the uh, or the ultimate collection Mm -hmm. with all of the dlc and expansion packs and you know uh it's kind of intimidating it's kind of intimidating getting into it i know that there's hundreds of hours worth of content on this thing yes there's nothing but
1: epic storyline by all accounts Mm -hmm. my long what's your longest playthrough into the witcher I don't know. It's got to be 60 plus hours. I remember looking at it. I, I beat the main game, none of the DLC, got all the Gwent cards and, and most of the armor sets. That's a hefty investment. I think it was around 60 hours. Could have been more. Yeah. Oh, the, you did the Gwent card thing, eh? I actually, with an asterisk, there's this one card that this guy's glitched and he will not play Gwent with me. So I have all the Gwent cards but this one. It's super it was frustrating. Such a kick in the old Pontiac. I was just... I was so disheartened because I don't get the old... uh, Hold on. Hold on. This may have been one of the titles that knew that that achievement was blocked off. No, I didn't get it. God of War has an achievement that... One of the things you need to get gets blocked off and the game's smart enough to give you the achievement. It's uh-huh. like, oh, okay. And I was so, because I'm reading the the guide because I'm like, okay, what do I need? And it's like, uh, you need to get to this thing. And in a world I can't get back to, I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. But I was going to pick up what I could and went ding and I got the achievement. I'm like, you beautiful bastards. Yeah. They thought of me. They thought Andy. of you, Dan. They thought of me. But anyway, I digress.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you know, actually, just as a little sidebar, Gwent came out on iOS yeah, uh, as well as Android, um, and I spent a little bit of time with it. It's really cool, man. In a world of like, so
1: you haven't spent any time with like Hearthstone or any other. There's actually two Gwent game, games available. There was two distinct Gwent games that really? came out. Really? Yeah, they had two releases.
0: I mean, the one Gwent game that I'm that I found is the only one I could see in the iOS store. Like, there's also the PC version of Gwent, there's, which was
1: on Steam. There's two of them on PC. I think one of them is the one that's available on iOS, and then there's a distinct second release. Oh, okay. But yeah, I haven't spent any time with Hearthstone.
0: Yeah, no. So, I mean, Hearthstone, I think, is still going strong. It's Blizzard's World of Warcraft theme, um, uh, collectible online TCG. Give us money. Give Give us us money. money. Open packs. Went is mercifully, like, uh, pay... No, not pay.
1: Not pay to win? I don't know. <laughs> free, to, free to play? <laughs> free to play, you, I guess. Like, we've been paying to win so much that you, like, forgot the term? Like, what do you call what that? What do you do when, when you, you just don't get have the game and then you have the
0: game? Yeah, well, and it's free also to download. So, <laughs> Gwent, uh, Gwent has a pretty loyal following. I think it's a smaller, much smaller community than Hearthstone. Right. I'd love to see it, like, ratchet up in a big way because... The game is really interesting and competitive, as it is in the in the Witcher Three, um, and you know the fact that they're pretty easy on the monetization makes it feel yeah, just makes it feel more friendly. The other thing is the artwork is amazing, right? Like the artwork for the Witcher world is really incredible, and that translates into the overall vibe of the Witcher. Which, well, let me ask you a question: What do you think vibe of Skyrim? Got that Nordic dragon focused kind of you know vast land feel. Or World of the Witcher, where you've got, um, I what's the way to describe it? Like a baroque Norwegian. I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's like a little bit. It's got a little bit of an Eastern European Viking, vibe. Eastern Viking. European scenario. Yeah. You know, it's a tough call. I think I come down on the Witcher side, but I'm a little biased because I I've played a lot more of the Witcher. Yeah. Um. Than than Skyrim. I actually, my great shame is that I haven't played almost any Skyrim however I I have gotten down like I've watched a phenomenal amount of content on the internet in of Skyrim just because uh I don't know if you've ever seen uh Monster Factory with uh, the McElroy brothers no so Monster Factory is is a concept where basically uh, any game that there's a character creation that they can make an abomination that is both awesome to play and hilarious. And the McElroy brothers hit it every time it's on Polygon. And, uh, <laughs> not only do they serve That's up an amazing concept, it's like, there's always an abomination. There's a awesome narrative with this monstrous figure that they create. And then Skyrim had the added heat of them being able to inject just, the fucking most bizarre mods into the game. <laughs> like, so suddenly Crash Bandicoot's like floating mask is in the mix, and they put Blunts into the game, and it just goes off the rails. I, so, I really dig it. So, I've actually watched a lot of Skyrim content. I get the vibe a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Witcher, especially the Witcher 3, feels a lot more in this decade that just ended. Yeah. Skyrim feels closer to oblivion than it does like Cyberpunk 2027. I, I, 20, 2077
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I largely agree with you. I like the world of Skyrim. You know, especially like that initial get into the game. I'm sure everyone in the world has played Skyrim at this point on a you know Xbox, PS4, or a toaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you get to White Run, and there's just a real feeling there. There's a vibe that I really dig. Um, but for me, yeah, the the uh, the the aesthetic of Skyrim kind of overstays its welcome. You know, twenty hours in um, The Witcher, though it. Something about The Witcher feels like there's a story everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. go to a place and you don't even have to interact there. You don't have to talk to the characters. You can just pass through. But it feels like if you start turning over rocks, there's going to be something jarring in there. Because the the ability for the storytelling in the game to reveal simultaneously disturbing, interesting, eerie, and heartwarming storylines and details yeah. in very either simple or brief snippets, never mind the main storyline, is quite
1: uncanny. Like, it's pretty amazing. I totally agree. You actually put that really well. It feels like if I explore, I'm going to find story threads to pull on rather than, like, a random smattering of stuff, which can be cool. But in a game like Skyrim, I feel like I'm kind of making up my own story based on what's going on, and that can be a lot of fun. Yeah. I-, I can do that, but it does feel like they're actual... Like plots afoot to discover in The Witcher, and I dig that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, The Witcher also full disclosure like gives me insane anxiety.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: I don't. Traversing the world of The Witcher feels very perilous. Yeah, right? especially and like, in the low levels. On low me. levels, you know, you got those drowners. That so those, drowner like, fish will people, murk you, and they just come out of nowhere, and they're really kind of spooky. And like vibing on a bright sativa and charging across the landscape on roach and getting like. You know, really immersed in that beautiful sunset, and then having like a blue thing jump out of nowhere and
1: Mm -hmm. take you down—it's—it's not—it's knocked me off my game a few times. I feel you in that. Those early days, level eight drowners were ruining my afternoon. Something I really like for Witcher over Skyrim is—I'd argue that Skyrim doesn't have sword play; it has sword swinging, swinging, and maybe blocking, whereas. The Witcher is putting together a situation of sword singing. He's he's twirling, he's blocking. It, the combat is really satisfying.
0: Yeah, Skyrim's, I mean, dude, like, what can I say? Skyrim is a, a, an instant classic. It's been played to the tune of hundreds of hours by many, many people, right? Mm. So at this point, it's impossible to sit down and and, and knock Skyrim too hard because it's succeeded by it's a all great accounts. Game. And However, Todd Howard keeps selling it. It's got to be good. That's it, pal. That being said, the, the combat always throws me off. Like, it's mm. it's more about the possibility of all of the combinations and the weapons you can grab. Mm. And, like, you know, it's more about, like, that thing where you're, you're kind of making a kitchen soup character. Kitchen sink? Kitchen sink character. Kitchen soup? chef soup soup song soup to nuts soup to nuts <laughs> you know what soup to
1: nut means soup is because soup's at the beginning of the meal and nuts are at the end i had to google that someone said soup to nuts i know the term it means like end to end but i'm like what's the thing why soup why nuts what's happening who has nuts at the end of a meal europeans <laughs> <laughs> the Witcher. Maybe
0: a grape. Yeah, yeah, But soup to grapes sounds a little bit... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know where I was going. Oh, yes. The Witcher, you're right. The combat is much more entertaining. It makes you feel more like a... Ba- like, again, if you're in Skyrim, you're just swinging things. You're just, you're just swinging. You're moving backwards a little bit. Maybe you toss a spell out here and there. It's not particularly fun. To be
1: honest. Well, The Witcher is a badass in a can. You just open it up. You're like, oh, there's a badass in here. Whereas uh, kitchen soup style, the character you're making, you're throwing ingredients into this kitchen soup and hopefully maybe you want to end up with a badass at the end you put in all the ingredients to see if you got a badass but maybe you got a sneaky archer you got a bitchy mage like you could come out with a lot of different things making that kitchen soup
0: yeah yeah i mean for me skyrim's combat is probably the one thing that throws me off the most but um yeah the witcher the witcher does have a super immersive world i want to check out the books actually apparently there's a small subsection of people who have ever read these books i think they're not Super popular. Although with the new Netflix series. Oh, that Netflix. Mm, he, have I you seen like, it? Have you seen I Geralt and Henry so, Cavill do his thing? Again, you know, um, <laughs> much as The Witcher is somewhat incompatible with cannabis for the, uh, mm-hmm. the terrifying uh, world it's that fearful. they've created. Yeah, yeah. Um, The show was, I don't know, there was a lot going on mm-hmm. and um, we had... Uh, Enjoyed some French bread before getting started on The Witcher, and it just for some reason, the first twenty minutes of the episode didn't click. The acting felt a little weird. But it was, it was which
1: episode? The first episode. You're, you're a fool in a man suit. Have you seen it that all. That first episode was fire from the first scene. The first scene was awesome when he's like killing the monster in the pond this hand i wish people could see your gesticulations you look like you're piloting a wide atv how do you think monsters <laughs> get to give me a sword man like... that guy had a lot of limbs just saying he was he had a plentiful had a pincer, limbs. hold pincer. on sorry uh spoilers for the witcher the oh, opening yeah. the scene opening but, yeah. scene sorry no,
0: listen they get into the bar there's just a, there's just some weird
1: dialogue going on in the bar oh, there's a reason for that that's fine there's I, a reason for that i'm
0: gonna watch just to
1: be clear yeah, I'm going to watch The Witcher. Are you, sorry, you mentioned French bread. Do you feel like the French bread affected your experience of The Witcher? Like you mentioned that you had French bread. How does that come into it? Fr- French bread is a strain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you pulled out a baguette. Like, you got to understand. I had a nice eau de pain.
0: <laughs> we, we go French way too often on this podcast. I like it. Yeah. Um, eau de pain would be water of bread.
1: Hey, I did not say that I can speak French. <laughs> <laughs> I said some French words. <laughs> I ever tell you the story about when uh, I I really messed up in French. So I took French in school, right? Okay. And uh, we were in Quebec, and uh, uh, I was buying some things at uh, the Sac Depot. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And this lady was saying something to me in French, in French at the till. Because I sorry, S A Q. Like de Sac, sac Depot, like S-A-Q? Like yeah, the,
0: yeah. Al- yeah, okay, the alcohol store?
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah. For everybody that doesn't know, that's where they sell booze. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's not important to the story. Sure. So I greeted her in French because I'm like, I'm feeling hot shit about it. And then she responds, in French, I have no idea what she said. So I want to say to her, oh, I don't speak French. So I say, je m'excuse, je m'excuse uh, tu, sais par, tu, tu ne parle français. And I think I'm saying, I don't speak French. Yes. What I've actually said, has upset her and she says excuse me monsieur je parle français and i keep repeating it to ne parle français like something like that to ne parle no, so you're saying you no. don't speak french so i'm saying this lady, <laughs> and like my buddy mike is there who actually speaks french and he's like because we're shouting now and i'm like i'm shouting but like in defense and she's <laughs> like, like parle, um <laughs> <laughs> hey dan you're shouting that lady you don't speak french <laughs> i was like Dude. oh i'm like yelling at this, no you don't speak french She's like Excuse me, mister, I speak French. No, you don't speak French. It's getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> that's just uh, terrible. So, yeah, uh, you know, be careful in other cultures. Uh, yeah. You know, you think you're... You think I like you're to her- go in with confidence. Go I like in, to shoot from the I hip. Yeah.
0: I like to just... As long as I'm assertive about it, mm-hmm. they're not going to question me on my lack of language.
1: <laughs> I feel like the, the Quebecers, when they feel... They find out immediately that you're an ang- Anglophone trying to speak bad French, they're going to throw something at you. Like, I was trying this in a cab and... Uh, this, the, the cab driver said something like, Coton de Nome, which I'd never heard before. And which I guess loosely translates to me like, what's the name, kind of? Yeah, where are you going or something? No. Right. And I was like, oh, je m'appelle Daniel. And he's like, <laughs> 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 He's like, no, 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 no. Where are you going? I'm like, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: pretty nerdy, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So The Witcher book series apparently is quite good so anybody i hear from that's read the witcher book series they're yeah. like dude it is one of the best book series i've ever read for me it's what the games were based on obviously what the show has been based on i didn't realize that that body of work came before
1: the games yeah i believe there's five books there's quite a lot and the guy's name is like andre it's okay it's, okay i'm sorry sorry andre. and uh What's interesting is the book and the games and the show diverge a little bit. One thing that stands out the most about the books that's different than the other media is, uh, Gerald kind of talks a lot. Yeah, he doesn't talk much in the game. No, that's for he's sure. he's quite he's a a, stoic and uh, monosyllabic, and it, it works for the character. Sure, I, I get it, but that's that's kind of a, a big difference. He's quite verbose in the show.
0: Yes, he says the he's thing. A, he's a daring rogue. He's a he's a real Han
1: Solo. I maybe. So, uh, I don't know if you know this. uh, The writer of the books, when approached by CD Project, I wish you wouldn't. I'm sorry. Uh, Andre, shout at me. I love it. Uh, So, the the writer of the book, when the CD Project Red approached them because they wanted to make a game based on that property. Because from that part of the world, there's actually a TV show in the 90s, I believe that they did, but uh, I digress. Um, There was a 90s Witcher TV show? Oh, yeah. And actually... Actually, the guy who played The Witcher is in the show as an homage, the new Witcher. Oh, that's cool. So there's a little I factoid. Had no idea. Yeah, kind of neat. And uh, so anyway, uh, they approached him with a, a profit sharing deal. They're like, "We'll give you a little bit of money and we'll share some profits." And he's like, "Absolutely not. I want no share of the profits. Assuming you know the thing's not going to go anywhere, I'll take this one lump sum." That's I think it was double the original offer. I just want that lump sum. The game goes on to go gangbusters, make three games, and he still just he sold the rights on this one thing, and oh, uh, he actually took them to court with the old buyer's butthurt remorse. No, and uh, Andre! They ended up settling out of court. My my read on the CG Pro- CD Project Red guys is they're just a good group of dudes. Sure. So I think they cut him a deal, but uh, Man, he didn't have like a lot of legal footing. Like accolades from the government
0: and yeah. stuff. Like they've really created some economic uh, development for foodland. Poland. Poland. Pardon me, Poland.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Very yeah. cool, though. Um, yeah. So, the show I haven't seen, the books I want to read, the game I'm playing. Um, the one thing I will say about the Switch, it does tend to stutter a little bit in handheld mode. Yeah. haven't done it on the TV. Sure. It's a big game, man. It's a lot of game. It's a lot of game. Yeah. I can permit it. Like, you know, it'll stutter a little bit here and there. Obviously, the graphics aren't as polished as they are on a PS4, HD, whatever TV, right? But for the ability to play The Witcher in a way where I may actually get somewhere in the neighborhood of completing it, pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. To, excited to go down that path.
1: Yeah, you know what? Maybe the The Witcher has a little trouble switch hitting, but uh, you're still going to bring him to the plate. Hey, boom! Baseball, baseball and the metaphor. Witcher. There you go. There it is. Sounds good.
0: Caboom. Can I tell you a really guilty little secret of mine? So I bought MLB The Show. Yes. 2019. Yes. Full collector's edition, yes. all the DLC, all sure. the bells and whistles right. came
1: with the hat. I think Ooh, was it yeah. a hat? Yeah, yeah. Hat. yeah, came with the hat.
0: Have not opened
1: the game Same, yet, buddy. It's twenty twenty, baby. It's twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got time for baseball?
0: Oh, I love baseball. I just didn't play it, and you know, uh, now I, I feel I'm not going to go back to it. It's twenty nineteen. It's no, twenty twenty. That's game old over. news. That's old news. That's, That's old, old news. game.
1: Um, I gotta say, when I found out that in that edition of MLB, that my dope ass pitcher. Could not keep the scores that he had before. When you import them, their scores will slowly fall. What's his new name? Paradigm. Mr. Dobas. Uh, it was. Uh, it, it's my name, my full legal name. I put myself in the baseball game, and then, like, it was. A, what I'm saying is, like, there's is a lot of avatar? ego. A lot I mean, ego like, like uh, I just have really big head. Right. I'm they were like, sorry, Dan, you didn't make the team this year. No, I've I, I was playing on easy for so long. I have like six Cy Young awards. <laughs>
0: greatest pitcher in
1: history i pitched and it killed the guy to the point where
0: the the company softball league comes around you're like yeah i'm a shoe in for this guys i played the video game quite a lot just
1: look out i like he's actually a left-hander but i pitch right just to go easy on
0: (laughs) easy nice 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 Oh, dear. So uh, so what you have been playing, Dan? You've been poking around in uh, Mr. Hideo Kojima's latest creation from what we I did hear. I take
1: my heat up. But yes, I have opened up the we Death did Stranding. Open up the, uh, we did open up the show on that note. We did. We did. There was some foretelling. It's in the notes as well if you want to read about it. Check Strand. You don't have to feel so butthurt, Dan. I feel hurt in the butt. Ugh. See what you did there? God, I made go ahead. it horrible for Please you. Please continue. So yeah, I have been getting into Death Stranding. And uh, it was a long time coming. I'm happy to put it in the tray and my experience with it so far is both like mysterious but also expected. Like when you fire this this game up, you get all the things that you're used to with a Hideo Kojima game. Nice cinematic opening, uh-huh. lays out this mysterious world. You got a lot of questions, and as you play it, it's consistently sort of feeding you information and more questions. Mm-hmm. And and what I really know about Hideo Kojima's games and Death Stranding is it almost plays like a movie in many ways. Um, and I don't know, how. have you seen any of this stuff other than you saw a little gameplay earlier? Yeah. You know, I watched um, watched quite a bit online about
0: it because I'm, yeah. I'm super interested. Like to your point, from a cinematic perspective, every Metal Gear Solid game I've ever played plays more like a movie than a game.
1: Yeah. Like, you can- great
0: gameplay. Great gameplay. Yeah, but what you're there for is the like cinematic excellence.
1: He's got like a movie a, a director's mind. You right. know what I mean? He's bringing in tropes from from '80s movies, but also he's the the shots are so cinematic. And when he's telling the story, the 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 camera definitely is like a character. Um, but as as you play it, uh, you get a lot of things you expect. The character models are like top notch. Like, I think it's some of the best sort of visual representations because they're bringing celebrities into the game. You got Norman Reedus, you got Mads Mikkelsen, you got uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Guillermo. Guillermo. You made me watch
0: Norman Reedus shower. Yes. Too many times in the 10 minutes we you played that game. You
1: say made you, <laughs> but I saw you both blush. It is kind of uncomfortable. Actually. You, do do see Norman Reedus shower off now? His uh, his business is uh, is blurred out. Yeah, conveniently by an ad for his latest TV show, which yeah, is I'm, amazing. Kind of like, how gloves off should I go with the spoilers? Because I feel like anything I say can it's going to be a little bit
0: spoily. Well, the game feel and again from my limited experience with it, it's like it's more of an experience than a than a narrative.
1: Yeah, like there's a lot of neat things. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I love about it. Um, it's a it's a unique genre. It's like opened up the concept of like the terrain traversal delivery genre. The most of the gameplay loop is kind of basic. You're picking up a pass package and delivering it to a place or you're retrieving a thing and then bringing it back to a place. Sounds pretty like elementary, right? Well, it sounds like like <laughs> it sounds
0: like FedEx <laughs> or Amazon are are training you for future employment. Yeah,
1: fetch quest the game, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, and, and like at some, one of my buddies says, Dan, I, will I, you
0: try this drone suit on and fly around for a little while? We'd really love to see what happens. The
1: game is called Amazon. Um, yeah, maybe we're being trained. One of my buddies, like, uh, I'm like, have you played Death Stranding? He's like, oh, do you mean encumbrance the game? <laughs> and it's so weird because you feel like a game about delivering things would be like that encumbrance, but it's puts a neat spin on it. You have different gear that you can wear. And equipment that you can carry that's specific to, like, getting across certain types of terrain, whether it be, like, a ladder, a climbing hook. Uh, You make decisions about what power skeleton you're wearing. you can accessorize. You totally can. (laughs) You could put more armor plates on that are going to help you from damage. That sacrifices some load capacity. Right. Um, You could try to do it on on foot, which will let you go through more difficult difficult terrain than in a vehicle, but you can't carry as much. So you're making a lot of decisions before you set out, and it gives you a lot of tools to do that. You have a, a very detailed map that you can draw routes on to sort of pick, um, you know, the way you're going to go about it. And I do this thing in games all the time that this game has helped me break a bad habit where the game goes, here's some items, they might be important, and I'm like, cool, I'll hoard them like a dragon. <laughs> Uh, on, on top the RPG of gold players pile. uh
0: the rpg players fo- uh, foil
1: every time i beat final fantasy i have 99 x potions. that's it you got, no you problem have phoenix
0: downs coming out of your
1: phoenix, oh, phoenix downs are for children that's i have it. like the top potions 99 whatever it is you're like a walking store Right. Exactly. it's like a Walmart. I, I retire as a merchant every <laughs> time. <laughs> yes. yeah. I'm going to go to my quiet
0: life of selling the 3,000 things I acquired in this game. I don't even need to beat the final boss. Forget We're it. We're going to make a mint before the world ends. Capitalism. In fact, you don't want really don't want to shut down the enemy opposing army force because who else are you going to sell potions to other than the brave soldiers of the land you live in? Not so much a
1: faci- uh, an adventurer as I am a facilitator of others' adventures <laughs> now. I think you're going to like my potions. I got a lot of supplies and this war is too good for me to not turn a profit. Boom. You want some rope? I got rope. Forget about it. Boom.
0: (laughs) I really actually just after that 10 minutes of watching you play, I get what you're saying Mm. because I get that, you know, it's really easy to break it down to, um, oh yeah, you walk across land and you manage an inventory and that's lame. Right. Yeah. But the vibe of the game, and I don't want to sound too like bougie about it, but like the artistry of how you create the, um, journey, and the aesthetic of the whole thing, it's the whole game, right? And there's yeah. the mystery and the things going on behind the scenes and the, what was it, BAs, BDs?
1: BTs, the beach things. So, I mean, the the very wide concept of the game is an event happened called the Death Stranding that, um, broad strokes, the folks that pass on stay connected in some way to this world in as like kind of oily ghosts. Uh-huh. And they are in impeding civilization's uh, ability to exist in many ways one of the ways is if somebody dies if they're not burned right away an explosion happens and that is somehow connected to the beached things and something called Kyrillium. and i don't want, that's all first act stuff i hope i don't want to spoil the game that's some that's some
0: la Lou, Lee, lay, Low
1: stuff. Oh, it <laughs> that's is. A, that's, some, that's some... The that, guns deep of cuts. the Patriots. The guns of the Patriots. And I have to say, Hideo. Kojima's really good at presenting ridiculous story beats with a straight face. Oh, yeah. And you believe them until you repeat them on a podcast. And you're like, did I hit my head pretty hard at some point? <laughs> What's happened right now?
0: Um, I, I agree. And like, I like the fact that there's this element of mysticism. Yeah. You know, it's cool that there's like this weird sci-fi backdrop to what is effectively like a delivery, like not optimization. That's the wrong word. But how do you get from two stranded parts of civilization without, you know, getting taken down by mercenaries or interacting with the paranormal while managing your load across mountains and
1: snow and rain? Yeah. I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah, it is wide open. It kind of lets you do your own thing, which is neat. And there are many ways to play it. If I was a different type of gamer, I would have pushed the story along as fast as possible because I'm a completionist. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can attack those mules, which are like package terrorists, steal their truck, get enough loads to go to four different places, and deliver them all at once. And that really, that really felt satisfying to me. Yeah, and to max out my reputation with those folks to literally get a gold star on my on my character if you ever need to get a job
0: in trucking and logistics on anybody, buddy i 100 platinumed death stranding no kidding you <laughs> just put it right there if i could do that delivery with bt's rolling
1: around, yeah yeah exactly and go back to a thought before the way it broke me of dragon hoarding is you need the tools for the job that you're going for and there's this thing called time fall which is the rain and snow in this game Increases the rate at which things age, including (laughs) your equipment. So insane! Insane because it has kaiulium in it. Obviously, of
0: course, kaiulium. Forget about it. Forget
1: about it. That ladder that you're holding on to is only good for so long till it it becomes unusable. So you can't just strap a ladder to your back and say, "Now I got a ladder just in case," which drives you to say, rather than try and get around this obstacle to save my ladder, you you deploy that ladder. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. And there's a, a fabrication. So use system. it or
0: lose it. Exactly. Yeah. And there's
1: a fabrication system in this game where you can craft gear with relative ease when you're at one of these locations. One um, of the
0: showering locations. It actually upstairs, but yeah, no. you get to you get to craft some goods and get a shower scene in there. That's right. There is some
1: steamy stuff happening. Let's be real, Dan. Why else are you playing this game? I'm, I'm in it for the suds and the buds. Yeah, I
0: really like the logistics optimization. I really like the, <laughs> the yeah, managing, managing through menus. So well really curated.
1: Yeah. So all this stuff that would be onerous about this game, uh, <clears throat> it does a really good job at not making it too painful. It warns you when it's getting, about to give you a ton of cargo. Hey, this mission's got a lot of cargo. You need a, probably need a truck. There's an auto range button to choose what how you're carrying the goods on your back, on your tool clip. So it figures all that stuff out. It walks the line of tedium so well that you don't quite get into the tediousness. As opposed to a game like No Man's Sky, where you're Can like, be, in the tedious. Oh my word, the harvesting. At one point, I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah, What am I doing here? I'm, I'm working a mining job on the side, is what I'm doing here.
0: <laughs> it's funny that like... You know, Death Strand. And do you think that it's do you think that it's the element of storytelling and mysticism in the background that really makes like that really makes the the delivery part of the game interesting? Like, would you play the exact same game without any
1: of the mysticism? Hard to say. It would be a little bit more of a stretch. Like, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I don't play a lot of games that are like two point hospital or like Roller Coaster, Tycoon, or Sim City. I've played them and enjoyed them, but they feel a little bit too much exactly like a job. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you want to play civil planner? I maybe not. That is an actual <laughs> job. So the that the the mysticism in it helps me get there. But I'm not gonna lie, I spent a lot of times gathering material through fun ways like assaulting mercenaries and stuff to get materials to build roads in the game. And part of what keeps me doing that is uh, I can strategically build roads to locations to get material from that area to build the road further, which makes my life easier as I drive back and forth. Because now instead of running it with my power suit uh, taking a long time, I can drive a motorcycle down a highway and it doesn't. It takes a short amount of time. What kind of adds to it working for me is the road I build is accessible to the other players in the game. Oh. Not only do they help me build it, but as they use like, it... Like is an online connectivity thing? Yeah. So you're connected to a certain amount of players... That are that are in that area. And is that like fir- persistent though? Yeah, and when exactly it is, you're connected to a set amount of players that you tend to be more connected to, and the more you interact with their objects, the more tightly connected you are to those players. You can look at their your strand strength between them. Oh, and what's neat is when you come to an area, you're not hooked up to the quote unquote chiral network yet, which is kind of what you're... A little bit of spoilers here. Sam's mission is to connect the settlements to the Chiral Network, which is like this network that transmits information, uh-huh. uh, and enabling a connectivity that has sort of separated America. You're bringing America back together. Um, it's like some Stephen Hawking stuff, Dan. It is a little bit of that. and On the shoulders you, of giants. You're reading books on my shelf. I love that. I like that. I like that. So what you also get is this feedback. As people drive on your roads, you get likes get likes like facebook likes Clink, a thumbs up come in, on in fact actually verbalized in the game at one point you deliver to this one girl and she's like so grateful she throws you the thumbs up and it like produces emoticon this is the It just this this it's a this is a dark stuff Dan. It's just a wink it's just a little and you hint know of, i want to say i don't like it but I do. You got those likes, Dan. I did get those likes, and there's a total counter. We all likes. just want to be liked, pal. Uh, the dopamine. There's, and it's interesting. Like <laughs> the dopamine. There's so much dopamine. There's so many things in this game that present. They present it as a thing without making a judgment on it. The game's giving you likes, which you actually respond to. But it's a commentary without saying, like, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's actually a thing. It's just a thing. And then when you find yourself, because you can find other people's packages that have been abandoned out in the wild, like actual people's packages. I like that wink you just threw me. And when you deliver it, you get likes from that person and the place you deliver it, the actual real player, and from the person you're delivering it to. So there's an incentive to deliver people's packages. I mean, so likes...
0: Making the post-apocalyptic world better? Workable. Workable. Yeah. Interesting. Facebook, thanks for saving humanity. I don't know what the likes get you, but I'm getting them. You don't even know. There's not even like a... Get ten thousand likes, get an achievement. There is pro- there is some it's achievements, probably that.
1: but I like I think I have like hundred and fifty thousand likes because I've been building them roads, my dude. Nice I've been building
0: them roads. You're a you're a post apocalyptic influencer, philanthropist. You you should have a what is it? Chi- chi- chlamydia, chlamydem, chyridium. Mm, chi- Chir- you should have a chyridium YouTube channel called Norman's Redis. Kais for <laughs> buys. <laughs> I don't know.
1: No, uh, that one blew up real fast. Oh yeah, it uh, came hard and fast. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's my type of game. And I think that like people that are down with what Kojima is doing, there's still some stealth. It's kind of minor. Like there's these mules that they're, they're after cargo. You encounter them. They're like organized teams of the game calls them terrorists. They're scavengers basically. And you have rope with you. They're package thieves. They are, they're porch pirates. They're, (laughs) (laughs) i just this game is so bizarre it is it's just bizarre but it it does it with a straight face i know like saying it all out loud i feel like a crazy person but i I swear it
0: works so weird kidio kojima like you know what is this game going to receive the accolades that metal gear solid any given title has probably not because like the fact that you're the fact that you're dealing with such an obtuse subject matter as opposed to you know some elaborate um, conspiracy military game mm-hmm. yeah the subject matter is just not going to land with a lot of people but the fact that he went there and received you know for all intents and purposes a good amount of a decent amount of success on the launch of this extremely obtuse game it's like who else could have
1: released this game nobody It's weirdly accessible for how weird it is. And it's almost because we've kind of been trained and groomed by him to expect a certain thing. And it looks good and it plays well. Like for what it is, it's well made. Uh, And it's interesting you say it is divisive. I find that there's two different theories. Either this guy made a masterpiece and it delivers 10 out of 10. Or this guy is so far up his own ass. (laughs) It is unbelievable. And it seems to be regionalized. Europe is on board, Japan is on board. Australia's like, nope, nah mate. Nah. It's not a game you've made. That went that turned into British. That turned out Cockney in a heart. It, it, it did go Cockney. And then the US is kind of divided. Yeah. And I actually lean towards masterpiece. Um they, there's this band that's featured in the game very predominantly called Low Roar. Low Roar. Yeah. And it's this melodic muted hauntingly beautiful music and he actually Kideo, put them on the map struggling band that's now like thrust onto the main stage and it nails the tempo the temper of the game
0: yeah that's really cool man i mean yeah just to echo your statement there like i think the review world has been a strange series of people hate like i remember giant bomb just blasted hated this game no one in giant bomb likes this and then, um, where was it? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on reviewers and what their opinions were. But Giants Bomb came out, and I, I tend to read Giant Bomb a lot. I like their opinion on things, generally speaking. So I was like, oh, Death Stranding, bombed Faceplant. I guess that's it. Game over, sorry, Ohidio oh, Kojima. No soup for you. And then the rest of the internet came out with the most likely the most diverse array of opinions I've seen in a video game in a long while. The only one that has maybe a similarly diverse series of opinions is actually another recent release, which is the new Pokemon games, right? Those have, like, serious detractors and and also folks who are, like, completely enamored with it. This game is so divided, I have no idea who it's for, but it's definitely
1: for someone, and you appear to be one of those people. You know what? I would make the super highfalutin argument Death Stranding is art, in the way that Pokemon is not art. Oh,
0: get out of here, man! Come on, get out of here.
1: Just it's that it. it's We're not done. even having
0: this conversation. It's done. You and your, you and your, you and your hard on for hate, uh, for innocent little illustrated animals fun charismatic little worlds
1: listen if you want to dog fight a bunch of cute little yeah, animals okay. to one's dead i mean sure that's, mr that's ups yeah, i mean yeah, if yeah. you want to michael okay. vick this yeah, thing yeah. make sure you, you know oh, don't you have a package to get delivering dan you know i he, I hear the Charizards should all be put down there they bite and Oop. then they have that lock jaw yeah yeah okay it's dangerous yeah, call, give Peter a
0: call I will. we should yeah we should smoke a joint oh buddy that's where i parked my car <laughs> for sure <laughs> Oh. Dan, um I want to thank you. Yeah. for this delicious blue candy rope you just slid me.
1: Yes. It, what is this? It's from the kosher section of my Metro. Okay. And it's one of their sour delicious sugar-coated treats. I'm a sucker for them.
0: Dude, it's like it's got just enough sourness yep. to
1: interest my tongue.
0: Yep. Just enough sweetness to keep me sticking around. Yep. And that smack of blue. That blue. It's blue flavored, though. It is blue It's not flavored. blueberry. No. Let's be really clear.
1: No. No fruit of man has entered this, or of nature. This is a man-made concoction. That's
0: right. This is blue.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. In the words of Tobias, I blew myself.
1: Uh, I pre- prematurely blew myself. Uh,
0: I got blue on this one. <laughs> this is a great flavor. Really liking this. Excellent. Um... Dude, well, I got some sad news. How's that? Well, it's great that we got a chance to hang out in person and do this podcast. No really, bummers, buddy. No, I'm not really nice no cha- bummers. I, well, it's a little bit of a bummer. Uh-oh. I got to drive my vehicle. Oh. So this joint's going to be all Dan.
1: Oh, okay. So this is actually kind of a win for me. Yeah, I guess when you put it that, I did put <laughs> it. Joint's that are way. best, best.
0: I mean, they are you best want, listen, you want to share your Nutrigrain bars with the gym? I do. You don't want to share Would your joint with Andy? Gym. Nah. Come on, man. You're right. Also, who eats Nutri-Grain bars at the gym? Nutri- they're actually they're for
1: like they're buffalo protein okay, bars. Buffalo like, protein. I just couldn't like, summon nu-
0: the bars? I want something that's gonna cut my mouth. It's is straight what I'm saying.
1: sugar and mm. like some oat product masquerading
0: oat as a healthy meal. Food. Yeah, it's like oh, we're so Nutra Grain. It's nutritious. It's grainy.
1: Yeah, we're not getting the
0: sponsor. This, on this is Nutra Grain. What is it? Kel? I don't even know. says is-
1: you know, if you got Nutra Grain, what you also have is a lazy mom. <laughs> Or she got duped by corporations. It says Nutra in it's it. It's nutritious. Got tricked. Nutra is for nutrition. Everyone yeah. knows your that. Your mouth, yeah. your mouth tells you the truth. I on may that. not be
0: a doctor, but I do have common sense. That's right. Um, actually, shame on the uh, shame on the uh,
1: uh, the the yeah, the
0: Nutra people. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shame. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut that. Out just so you know. <laughs> 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 then we pass judgment. Let's judge these people for bringing a sham to market.
1: We were, we were wrong for buying it.
0: Yeah, it's true. Let's smell this joint, though. I want to Let me take a sniff. If I can't smoke it, because, folks, if you're high, listen to your old pal
1: Andy. Is it just me, or does that smell a little bit like an armpit?
0: I was trying to give a public safety message. Oh, and I spoke over you. Don't smoke. Don't smoke and drive. Can we no, say true. it together? Yeah, do not. Do not imbibe. And drive. And operate a motor vehicle.
1: Unless unless you really got it,
0: you know? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nine. Nine. So, um, I'm going to give the roll job on this joint a solid two. What? Yep.
1: What What don't you like about that This looks like job? a
0: severed finger.
1: <laughs> this, looks like, this looks like an ice pick. This looks a, like a, something that- And that's that, bad to you? Everything you said sounds like an, a rad joint. This join. looks like the dark Yo, homie, tower. you want to smoke this ice pick with me? Other than the fact that I'm worried that you have PCP, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> an ice pick. Yeah, I don't want to smoke an ice pick. I can't
0: smell anything through the paper, so that would be false if I, I can said that smell I could. it.
1: Your schnooter is broken. So if I go
0: right in through the filter, which appears to be like the snipped inside you know, of a DVD case. You know, a guy that buys
1: pre-rolls, you're, you're putting a lot of blast and shade out there. Sweet. Now Very sweet. Now I'm glad you're not smoking it. <laughs> this is a joint numero uno.
0: I'm sorry, pal. I just, this thing like looks like I could take an eye out. You know what I mean? Kind of sharp. It is a little bit sharp. It's dangerous. Which, I like that. Yeah. This is Gorilla bombs. So, yeah. like, to be honest, if you if you have an aggressive-looking joint, right. Gorilla bombs is the strain to it's put in. It's the one, yeah. And uh, if I'm taking a little snooter on the hooter here, I get some sweetness. Yeah, sweetness and almost like a, I don't, again, I don't know if this is the filter that I'm smelling <laughs> or you, maybe. Um, but there's like a, it's the wrong word, but you know the smell of mildew?
1: No. That kind of like sweet. I do know what mildew
0: smells like. sweet mildewiness. It's not a bad mildew. It's a, it's like a kind of an okay mildew. You mean like a sickly sweet smell? It's not sickly sweet. It's a little, it's a little bit cloying. Like it hits me in the back of the throat. But there's enough herbaceousness there to make me know that it's okay.
1: You know, when I think you sound pompous, it's a problem. Yeah, because I'm a pomp la moose, my
0: friend. You are a moose of the pomp. All right, you, you take a little hoot. Yeah, on let that me and get. Tell a, me what your thought is. Let me is. get a snoop. I wish Booter. I could
1: see the nug. I'd love to see some gorilla bomb. It's like you won't stop crying about this joint that I've rolled. I'm not so crying this, about this it. This was gifted to me by a, a, a dear friend. Oh yeah, so I was happy to receive it. We we've got a little bit of a joint exchange going on, which is an awesome situation for me. Yeah. And as I'm smelling this, I get like woodsy armpit. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: that's to be honest, the paper is really interfering right.
1: And now. I'm not upset about it. It's like the kind of armpit when it's your own brand. You don't necessarily want to cavort with other people in public, but you're kinda of happy it's there. You're not upset about what how you smell, as I'm saying. I like how disgusting. I are. just spoken I mean, boy. It is pungent. I can you can smell the stickiness.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And I can tell by the strength of the smell, uh, through this this maybe thick paper, that it's uh that it's means business. Did you
0: just did you just like shave off a book and roll?
1: <laughs> cardstock like, page this number is, four of, of mice and men this that's is my business <laughs> card i got from the fedex guy that's embossed printing
0: like it looks like the filter you threw in there is the same material as the rolling paper
1: it's this will stop a bullet i think that's important <laughs> this is a know scary
0: that. looking joint go ahead and give this guy a light up dan all right let me let me flambe uh let me give you the play-by-play dan's lighting the joint he's lighting the tip it's conflagrating lots of blackness black smoke great audio. good lord i mean yeah still lighting it Give it a blowout. There you go, in the mouth, on la bouche. Uh huh. Pull, pull, pull. Look. Andy, are you my joint daddy? I mean, I may be. Enjoy, enjoy. There you go. Now she's lighting. Let me get some blow. Blow this way, just so I can smell a little whiff of the flavor notes. It's, no supers here.
1: It's really kind. It's you not. You know what? It smells rough. really
0: hashy. It smells really hashy in the air.
1: It does. It's got like a... Like a, a blonde hash, actually.
0: None of that, like, mildewy, cloyiness of sweetness is coming through. It's a, It's got actually just a nice kind of mellow, hashy smell
1: in the air. What are you tasting, Dan? Gentle in the mouth. Uh, it's actually not super potent. I'm not getting a strong flavor from it. It might be, be the honestly. papers, buddy. It, it might be, be the, the papers. And you know, I'm a bong guy. I, I like it a little bit cleaner. And it's funny we were talking about it up Upcast. I can really taste the paper on this bad boy. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a... Yeah. Um... Gorilla Bomb! This bomb strain is filled with 25% plus THC which is super potent. Any strain that contains the world word gorilla most likely or derives, wow, can't read today, from Gorilla Glue, a super sticky, pungent, and earthy variety that has barreled into the mainstream cannabis market and dominated in the last few years. With THC bomb added into the mix, Gorilla Bomb becomes an ultra-powerful beast. So that's neat. Thank you, Leafly, for that. Oh, sorry, that's of Connection.
1: Yeah, actually, Leafly did not have this guy. Oh. And I, I dipped into of Connection because Leafly's normally in my gun to and they had information both of of gorilla bomb and its lineage Mm. um and a lot of growing notes so it seems to be a grower dominant website it seems to be the vibe now what really got me on this is this one's supposed to be sativa dominant right Uh uh-huh well thc bomb is indica sativa they call it a 50 50 gorilla glue is indica dominant Mm -hmm. so what you're telling me is indica plus Indica sativa equals sativa dominant?
0: Well, I mean, like, you know, um, I'm no master or expert or even novice breeder. Um, but from my understanding is, is that, you know, as breeders are selectively picking and grooming genetics, right? It's possible that one of the plants, you know, expressed more of a sativa- Prevalence than you know the others, and maybe that's the one they continue to to breed and go down the path of. So I don't have a good answer for you, but I, I suppose if if they're calling it a sativa dominant hybrid on the same website that they're defining these other two strains, they probably know what they're talking about. I yeah. would hope anyway.
1: Yeah, and you know what I I don't I can't science it hard enough to can't counter it so i'm gonna trust the experts on this one yeah well there you go but with a little incredulity so the flavor's good the flavor's nice it uh, smells
0: good from over here it's to be honest. very
1: mild i was with two kind of super powered strains 25 percent plus thc and the pungent odor i was worried it was gonna take me down a notch but really easy smoking like gentle in the mouth Tastes a little bit of like really, really, really blonde hash. Nice, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I get that really
0: hashy note over here, so that's cool, buddy. Well, listen, man, um, we don't have a lot of time left here. I did want to take a look in these 2020 games though. Games coming out in 2020. Why don't we just uh, before we sail off into the sunset here, blast through a couple and um, see what's coming up? So, uh, if I may get started here, um, I see Monster Hunter World Iceborne finally coming out on PC this January here. I wonder, do you think Monster
1: Hunter's coming out with any more, Monster Hunter World's coming out with any more expansions? I think they do have a DLC uh, plan. And my initial impressions of this is they've sort of uh, improved the game in, in almost every way, a quality of life. Uh, improvements, the existing monsters, new behaviors. Uh, they've added a really neat grappling system that you can sort of grappling hook onto beasts to attack certain parts of the monster, which was something that was tough for me. You could mount the monsters before, but how do I get on this huge monster? This grappling hook, once you master it, is pretty a pretty neat way to make that happen. A bunch of new monsters and a brand new sort of ice world, including a new social uh, area that's interesting, and each weapon line has been extended in its evolution so yeah. you can build them further down
0: so lots of con- i mean dude monster Hunter's never been light on content let's be yeah right. no kidding so i'm just i'm curious if they're going to keep monster hunter world up um or if they're because you know the legacy of monster hunter is on a handheld right yep. P- psp was the home for monster hunter for the longest time um i would I'm sure as everyone else would love to see Monster Hunter on the Switch um, in the world incarnation. Obviously, we've got Monster Hunter Ultimate uh, on there already. Um, So I'm just curious if they, you know, end up going down another path of releasing a new title and maybe bringing it over onto Switch to kind of continue on that path. If they keep on the, you know, consoles, PC, PC, uh, conversation of Monster Hunter coming out in this, you know, super HD, really beautiful way that probably wouldn't make too much sense on the Switch. It'll, it'll
1: be interesting to see. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I, and I think it's making money, so look, keep doing the damn thing.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, some other things coming out in January. Um, there's a DBZ title. Uh, I don't see too much here. Odd world. Here's the thing about
1: January. Yeah. It's, it's a dump. dumping ground. That's I get it, man. I feel like it's a dumping ground. We got remakes. We got sports games like uh Rugby 2020. They're just calling 20. We got Warcraft 3 Reforged, which I took a peek at. Uh, it is a Remake of Warcraft Three with some upscale graphics. The models are beautiful. They really stayed true oh, to the Warcraft cool. Three. Cool. I, it's a pickup, but you know it is a it's a redux. It's,
0: right. It's a
1: re-release. I remember of Star,
0: Starcraft came out a few, few years ago, yeah. remastered, and that was a big thing. But for a little while, right? Like you can only go home for so long before you're waiting for a new thing. Odd World Strangers Wrath is coming out on Switch. Abe's Odd World is something I've not like ever played. Um, I remember seeing countless ads. For for Oddworld, um in like late 90s pc magazines Same, stuff. that's where i
1: encountered as
0: well right yeah so i i don't know people
1: love it. it that's a re-release of a game that that's been out before too it's i think it was on the gamecube it's like from um,
0: 2010 i think yeah, yeah strangers wrath um uh, from 2005 released on xbox <laughs> it's been remade for the switch which yeah. is uh, that's but it was remade by for a middle
1: console in between those it came out on blackberry buddy <laughs> oh god there you go. deep cut deep I'm, cut i want to highlight something here um, that stuck out to me journey to the savage planet is is a smaller studio game that i've been i'm p- keeping an eye on mm-hmm. very interesting it's somewhere between uh no man's sky and I would say very similar between, I'd say, a combination of no man's sky and outer world. Yes, couple neat systems. it, it you get missions by scanning things in the environment. It's cool. got a little bit of a campy. comedy feel and it's co-op couch co-op nice it's it's a space interesting worlds crazy colors missions come naturally from scanning animals and stuff in the environment which is sort of pushing you down an exploration of a narrative it looks fun i've watched of the gameplay i'm like this is neat and it's a smaller studio game so i might i might dip my beak into this one
0: yeah man i mean we all want to explore space Yeah. We all want to do that thing. It's just, you know, fortunately, space in its current incarnation, whether it be with, what's that one game, Epic? Not Epic.
1: What game? What does it do? Who's it for?
0: The one with the spaceships and the flying and the, yeah, piloting. Did you play it? I did. The Infinite Solar Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. Boom. There's just a little bit too much tedium baked into space games right now, No Man's Sky included. Um, But, you know, hopefully someday we'll get to fly away to planets far, far away and have it look a little bit more like Star Wars and a little bit less like, I don't know, a four hour long
1: reading the paper with your grandpa. I like Star Wars because if you need something to happen, like opening a door or closing a door, you do the same thing. You shoot the panel. You needed to open that door, that opens that door, unless you needed to close, in which case Star it closes Star Wars is that always door. pushing for the action. Mm. The
0: action's always coming next in Star Wars. Yeah. That's what differentiates it from like a dry science fiction title, yeah. is they don't care about the science, they care about the fiction. The fiction, my man. That's it, man. Yeah. And you know, I feel like when you get into the world of space simulators right now, even you go to EVE, you know, you do a MMO look at Eve or, again, Elite Dangerous. Are you going to, you know, um, we just said it, No Man's Sky. Yes, there's some action in there. It's still, yeah, it's
1: more in that science bucket. You know yeah, what I mean? There's yeah. a, just not, yeah. Star Trek, it was so bad at one point. I'd seen so much Star Trek. They're like, the warp field's collapsing. I'm like, you got a mislined warp coil. Going to need to uh, <laughs> vent the secondary plasma relay uh, to get your nacelles back okay, up. Okay, Data. And it's like... I think I know, I know too much of this. I'm like, uh, reverse tachyons. That's what you need.
0: That's what you need. Or a lightsaber or two. You need a lightsaber. Bump, bump, bump. Bu- right into the brain. Man, let's uh, let's keep going here. February is looking a little light, too. Got Yakuza 5. Uh, isn't y- Yakuza 5 has been out already? Is this a re-release? Hey,
1: homie, I want you to direct you to the show notes and where you see a very convenient list I've made for us. You don't have to go through every month through everything. There's oh. 10 kick-ass games look at and you i'm gonna kick you off with something that i am personally looking forward to playing <laughs> and is a little bit of a personal not nemesis but like a mountain i have to climb and that's the re-release of final fantasy 7 uh part one coming out in, in march it looks amazing if you, so many of us have heard Final Fantasy, the best game of all time. People will tell you that. I know there's a lot of people that haven't played it. So, this is a chance to have that experience. Hopefully, it's close without having to go back. Cause let's be honest, our memory upscales graphics as good as you think Final Fantasy was. If you go back, it's rough everyone's hands are octagons there is like a sparseness of polygons to be spread around it looks like the polygonal great depression
0: <laughs> yeah final final fantasy 7 was um, was a wonderful game that i enjoyed thoroughly never beat and would love to revisit as a remake the remake is like part of modern legend right we've all we've been, all been waiting for final fantasy 7 remake as long as we've been waiting or had been waiting for kingdom hearts 3 yeah I'm just hoping that there's more longevity in FF7 than Kingdom Hearts 3.
1: And it's a game that's flatlined a bunch of times. So, actually, to hear about something coming out. Pretty cool.
0: Coming out in March. Um, (laughs) Yeah. April. Buddy, Cyberpunk 2077. Buddy, Buddy, (laughs) Buddy. Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be, I'm hoping, the game of the year. No questions asked because I'm so excited to play it. Yeah. You know, we can, and I think we should, we need to do. We need to do some digging on um, all of what's going on in 2077 because, in my mind, it's releasing so far in the future. I haven't even, I haven't even wanted to get myself too excited about it. But the fact that this is CD Project Red, it's a beautiful vapor wavy, you know, uh, cyberpunk future, and by, for all intents and purposes, this game is going to be just as massive as The Witcher with just as much content
1: to chew on yeah i'm, I'm in cd project red does not mess around when it comes to games so you know they're going to deliver the goods in between the content i've seen it's somewhere between hyper over the top craziness and i've seen gameplay that's really grounded so i'm really interested to see where the real feel of the game is but this is this is something i'm really looking forward to
0: yeah i'm with you entirely buddy with you entirely um what's up next here
1: i think last of us part two um widely considered one of the best games of uh, the first PlayStation, uh, the four of, it, of its exclusive titles. It's really gonna, I think, pave all the way into the new uh, the new hardware we're getting into the PS5. I think it's gonna be one of those co releases, and it it's a game that tells a story really, really well. Uh, I enjoy my time with it. It's another company that doesn't mess around. Naughty Dog, I believe. Uh, Doom
0: Eternal coming out on... Ooh, that's coming out on Switch 2. Um, interesting. Doom Eternal. Is that... Uh, I haven't looked into that at all. That's not a remake of the no, current No, it's, s- it's a
1: sequel. Sequel? Yeah, got, uh, you. got You got... The demons have come down to terra firma, and it doesn't make Doom guy. Uh, he's very nonplussed about it, right? So... Nice. He's going to go there and smash some face, and the stuff I've heard from the guys that have got their hands on it is it's all the goodness of the last Doom game plus one iteration. Nice. Everything that's good about it, they've made it better. I want to mention Marvel's of Marvel Avengers. Okay. Really interesting. When I first saw it, it throws me off a bit because none of the licensed faces. It's not Robert Downey Jr. It's "Quote unquote Iron Man," which uh-huh. we've seen so much of the Avengers, it's it's a little bit jarring. It looks fun. It reminds me a lot of a combination of Anthem and God of War. Um, it the first gameplay is really linear. It looks like you're playing between the Avengers. Uh, it looks like there's a jump forward in the time ta- in time. So they're telling a unique story mm-hmm. that's disconnected from what we've seen the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I got my fingers crossed on this one. It could go either way. This game could could be like Game of the Year possibilities, God of War level. Uh, I see that's potential. The combat looks really, really, really good. And I can see it delivering. It it could be trash. Spider-Man's giving me hope, man. They can... They can make good superhero games, and I would love to see this one hit that kind of echelon. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I want a Moon Knight game. You love that I Moon, love moon Knight. Knight. And he's got What's a, his thing the, again. Moon Knight's coming out. He's like insane a little bit. He shows his butts to enemies, right? He just drops that trow, oh, shows come on. him the butt. Is that a mooning joke? He's, I feel like that's all right. Get out of here. There's actually a Moon Knight
0: TV series coming out, so I'm excited Cloak to see and Dagger, it. Dagger? Canceled. What?
1: Canceled. It's canceled. Cancel. What? Canceled.
0: Ah, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild Two possibly coming out by the end of the year. That'd be pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, we might I see I that. Just I don't know what are you doing with Breath of the Wild Two. That's new. If you're doing more of the same, actually fine, great, fantastic. It could be the Majora's Mask, although Majora's Mask, you know, had a twist. So I feel like this is going to be undoubtedly a fantastic game, right? Whether it. You know, nudges out Cyberpunk 2077, gonna be challenging. Different, different
1: weight classes. Different yeah, weight well, classes. Fair enough. Dude. Featherweight, heavyweight. I don't know.
0: You're, both, you're talking about an epic game in both sides. I you. Long, epic game. Obviously, you know, Zelda's less, uh, Breath of the Wild is less story driven. Um, you know, Cyberpunk 2077, I have to, if I'm taking a key from The Witcher, More story-driven.
1: No, one's an RPG. The other one's an action. I know it.
0: RPG? Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you
1: know what I noticed? The stuff I've seen, the terrain and the environments look less generic. They look more, have more character. Uh, more interesting like I, I found and probably oh Breath hard, of the Wild yeah I found that Breath of the Wild was a little bit undefined probably from a graphical standpoint mm-hmm. so I think they've they've learned some techniques to bring more detail into the world uh, and it, it it looks really good nice yeah. yeah
0: well I'm excited for it anyway I loved Breath of the Wild as many people did and rightfully so let's look at one more uh, Vampire of the <laughs> Vampire of the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 um, okay did sure. you play Vampire of the Masquerade I, I played the first
1: one it's good was okay. I like that playing different vampire breeds gave you different uh, storylines. I love the Nosferatu, the really disfigured vampires you can play a very different game because uh-huh. a lot of it's about moving through the social order and mm-hmm. when you're clawy scary fang face it's gonna be harder i really liked it you really like vamping dan you're just a vamp vampirina. one could say i'm vamping right now no we could say i think the right thing to do andy uh let's just mention a couple of honorable mentions that's our top ones uh resident evil 3 remakes looking great system shock remake oh my god what a big one uh wasteland three psychonauts two yeah did you play the original Psychonauts? I've watched the original. It's nothing. I don't know. At the time, have you seen any of the stuff for Psychonauts too? I've not. They're bringing to bear brain bending video effects. Ugh, everything you said so well. It's just I, I'm in love with this All right, game. Okay. Looking forward. To it. All right. Okay. I gotta actually give a shout out to Twelve Minutes. Um, it's by Anapurna Interactive, which is uh, a media company. that's done some great movies. They're making this game where the whole concept is. There's 12 minutes of this guy's life. His wife's been accused of murder, and you're replaying that 12 minutes, and the concept is so original and so cool. Uh, Really looking forward to playing
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we could look forward to 1.2 minutes, which is an autobiography of your life. Am I
1: going to die soon?
0: (laughs) Skull and Bones uh, looks like a Sea of Thieves competitor, yes? It's
1: Assassin's Creed without the assassins, and uh, I like Black Flag, so it works for me. Interesting. Okay.
0: Very good, man. There's a lot of heat coming down the pipe. Obviously there'll heat. be some, more, yeah, I think there'll be some more announcements and fun things, fun things throughout the year. Um, but to be honest with you, if I get cyberpunk 2077, just mm, don't need
1: much else that could tie you up for a long time Could tie you up for a long time. are you gonna dust off your ps4 to play that
0: i may blow the dust off my ps4 dock my switch and sit down for 15 minutes
1: we have to talk about the year in review on playstation playstation has put out this thing where it'll show you your games in review for the year hours played top games it'll give you a grade based on how many trophies you've won uh you go over to the playstation blog Put uh, Year of the Review review 2019. I'll throw something in the show notes. You can click on it. It'll tell you, if, if you're a PlayStation guy, how you uh, how your year broke down. A lot like Spotify or Instagram that's done similar things. It turns out I play the most video games Monday afternoon right before the show <laughs> to, to really bone up, apparently. And the top game of the year. What do you think my top game of the year is?
0: Top game of the year for you...
1: Um, God of War. Apex Legends. I thought it was going to be Apex God of War Apex Legends. Like 176 hours of like Apex left, And you know what? It's because I've gone back to the well. Couple hours, couple hours, couple hours. you quit your job at hours. some point? I did quit my job. <laughs> Andy, can I borrow some
0: money? <laughs> it's... All righty, folks. Well, listener questions or games you want us to play.
1: Hit us up, purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. And if you have a handy chance, recommend it to a friend. Or don't. I really have nothing on you. That thing I said I had on you, it's bogus. I made it up. I apologize.
0: Well, admitting blackmail is the first step to stop being a blackmail person. And to go to jail. Probably. Yeah, probably there jail. you go. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Purple Squid.
1: Until next time. Please, my friends, keep it dank.
0: Fuck, I am high.